You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now!
Okay, let's get down to it, Bopper. Hey, buddies, it's the Ronnie Fez Show on a Thursday in May. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, where to begin? Artist of the day. We are it's Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, Chris, that wasn't one of yours, so I got to find out who uh, sent that in. No, did not put that together. You don't like it? I oh, love it. Love Queens of the Stone Age, but I didn't put it together. They you feel like you would have done a better Queens of the Stone Age than this one. Oh, definitely. These stupid radio hits. <laughs> Redding. Redding sent that to us. Thanks, buddy. Good what, job. you thought it was a little too radio-friendly for you? I like going deep, deep as possible. You do not. I love just going... I, I'm like a miner. I'm a musical miner. And there's been a cave-in. It's like you're like a miner where you're not allowed to go out on your own. That's <laughs> true of you. Oh, they'll let me out. You you can't get a drink for yourself because you're a miner. I'm just going to open up a bar for kids. A place that they can go, have cocktails, and stay away from adults. Like any age? Like five-year-olds? Yeah, any age. All be- ages show, I call it. Every show. And it's also going to be a topless bar. All right. If you don't like it, don't come in. Will the people being topless be underage as well? Yeah. All right, you're going to get shut down. I don't think so, because they're not abreast yet anyway. So it's no problem. It's like when you see a child at the beach just running around, little girl. You're not going to be like, hey, put on a top. Yeah, I don't like that. that. That freaks me out. I hope you have kids soon so you can get used to everything. I don't want to have children soon. I pray that you do. Being in front of a naked child, no thanks. Even if it's my own. <laughs> Put some clothes on. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> All right, it is the Ron and Fez show. Uh, right off the bat, some sad news. Your hero growing up, uh, Chris from Criss Cross, make you jump, jump, passed away last night. I don't know, even know what I'm going to do with myself. This is your Kurt Cobain. I guess drink. This is like the way an entire nation felt when Kurt Cobain died. This is how you feel when Chris from Chris Cross dies. I'm not doing too well right now. And I, so I, someone, I should be on some sort of watch. Suicide, maybe. Or a murder-suicide watch. You would kill before you committed suicide? Yeah. I'm on a genocide watch right now to make sure that I don't immediately commit genocide. It's going to take a while. I mean, the entire race? It's the same exact watch Pot Pole was under. Uh, Mark, Chicago, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, I'm really excited about this concept. Uh, I think we're going to have to mess with the cocktails a little bit, though. Can I suggest the Pedialyte and vodka? You know, if right. kids want to drink, now here's the other thing: you're gonna drink. Yeah, you got to hold it down. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm not ma- making this. Pl- I'm not gonna have this janitor walking around with sawdust like in kindergarten. Which, by the way, I never understood how sawdust helped with baby puke. 
I think it kills the smell, doesn't it? I mean, sometimes you go into bars and they'll have just sawdust all over the floor. That's a cowboy bar. <laughs> I met the one in Manhattan with sawdust all over the place. It was weird. I figured it was just for people who puke constantly. And that was a country bar that you were in. <laughs> I always ass. thought that it had to do with the grip, like, so no one slips in the puke. That and is. actually, it's not really so much wood, uh, sawdust as it is uh, wood chips. You know what? The only thing that we're going to play in this underage bar is crisscross music. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, and then when I tell the kids, also, you have to wear your pants backwards. Crisscross yeah. started a fad that no one else followed. And to me, that was the bravest thing that ever happened. It's like, everyone put your pants on backwards, and then no one did. I'm sure some kids did. At least the kids in the neighborhood. I'm glad that you're correcting me a lot today. Why don't you just fucking take it and run with it then? <laughs> I'll listen to you. Because it seems like a second after me, you seem to know the truth. I mean, it was a popular song. The guys in your neighborhood wear their pants backwards? Not that I remember, no. I wonder why you corrected me then. My point was they did it. Yeah. They were popular, yeah. but no one followed them. Mm. Uh, normally in a fad, one person starts it. Yeah. Everyone else follows. The only other fad that I could uh, think of that went this way was the flock of seagulls haircut, where that guy was acting like, okay, I'm going to have a crazy haircut. Is everyone getting a crazy haircut? And everyone just went, mm -mm. no, flock, you're on your own. Now he travels around. He's still doing a tour, still singing Iran, but he wears a, a baseball cap because he's balding. At least get a wig. Keep it up, man. I mean, that hat, that's just, that's amateur hour. You can't invest in the crazy wig. That's what he was known for, more than the song. Um, it was a very big song. Man, I run. I never thought uh, that a song about the country of Iran would catch on so big. But it did. Here's Michelle in Pittsburgh to correct us. Go ahead, Michelle. Yeah, the reason, hi, the reason why they use sawdust is so they don't have to sop it up with a towel. It dries it up and they can sweep it up with a broom and a dustpan. You know so much about janitorial things that it's just fantastic to have you close by. How much time you spend in bars, lady? <laughs> I never I'm saw it done in a bar. Right now for that derby, so. Only in a elementary school. Um, have we heard from your man on what... Uh, what Betsy's putting in this weekend? He um he wants to call in tomorrow, Saratoga chick, to give us his scuttlebutt. Saratoga chick. <laughs> I got this hot tamale on the number five horse. What? You God jinx. bless him. God bless him. <laughs> I'm sure he has a whole plan in place. Well, everyone does. I think he's due to hit his, uh, the pick six. I think that's what he's going to hit on Saturday. Al in Maryland, you're on the Run Fest show. Ronnie, hey, the flock of seagulls haircut resurfaced uh, through Tarantino in uh, Pulp Fiction. Didn't last long. What are you talking about? Uh, uh, Jules calls the guy in the couch, flock of seagulls. Yep. Yeah, but that is only because I thought... That was it. Short-lived. Okay, short-lived. Let's see the guy that he called Flock of Seagulls and see if he even looked like it. It is the Ryan Fez show on a 
Thursday. Yeah, that's not exactly a flock of seagulls cut. The guy just had uh, wavy hair. Like a pompadour that just went to hell. A pompadour that felt bad about itself. <laughs> Whatever. That guy shouldn't have been hanging around with those kids ripping off Marcellus Wallace. They all got what they deserved. Trying to steal his soul. Yeah. But jerks. They had no idea what they were getting themselves into. Relax. You got nothing to worry about. I'm sending the wolf. Like, these two guys seem pretty nerdy to rob Marcellus Wallace. That scene always was a problem because they're like, yeah, we stalled it. <laughs> like, did they find it somewhere? Did they actually strong arm someone. See, I'm sorry I haven't did that voice. I just found out something yesterday. My sister in law is very anti gay. All right. And she moved to the suburbs and is now making a lot of gay remarks. So, this, the suburb mentality has co opted her brain. Yeah. Okay. And then I said this. She better get used to it because it could end up in her own family. And then how are they going to feel, huh? Like that basketball player. Yeah. Who now more and more stuff is coming out that he's never been gay. He just wanted to end up on the front of Sports Illustrated. I mean, he. there's just more people doing the accusation. You did the accusation today, and now other racists and sexists are, are saying the same exact thing. I love black people. Well, we're talking about gay people. Oh. Well, I live with gay people in college. Wasn't your dad uh, black? He was very dark, but he wasn't black. No. Oh. I must have saw your mom with somebody else then. What? That woman... Was was a with, with, no, was a she saint. was a saint. She was with no one after my father, after <laughs> conception of me. Not even my dad. I never knew that you were so Irish. <laughs> uh, here's our buddy Lurch. Hey, what's up, guys? What happened to your uh, you rang bit that used to do? I always loved that. Oh, Lurch. I know it died out. I was going to say... Uh, Let's try it again. Yeah. Let's take it from the top, okay? And I'll cut the other part out and the best stuff. You text? Okay, see... That's the thing. This is why things don't get shown. I uh, listen. So I wanted to try something out with Hicks, if he's okay with it, right? I wanted you to try this tongue twister that I had, right? Mm -hmm. Go ahead, do it. All right. I want you to say this phrase the five times fast. You might want to write it down. Okay. Yeah. I am sofa king cool. Okay. I want you to say that I'm five not... times fast, as fast as possible. See if that mush mouth of yours can get it out. Ready? Go. You know what? You're, Do it, mush. You're a jerk. Go ahead, mush. And I'm, I know, I know, I know. I am a sofa, as in a couch king, K I N G. Cool. I'm gonna say it like that. But I'm not gonna say full four words. I'm not cursing. This is a may of not cursing. I mean, being clean mouth. How you been doing with it? Pretty good. I mean, yesterday went all right. Mm-hmm. Did you guys all come in today with your pants on backwards like me? You know what I mean? You got to jump, jump a little bit. Didn't make you jump, jump too much, though. Jesus, Lord. <laughs> uh, Mike in D.C., you're on the Run and Fest show. Yeah, Ron, I think we've reached a point now where like, gay people are as accepted as they can possibly be. I mean, this guy comes out of the closet, and people are like, no, you're not. You're just saying that. Right. You're just trying to be cool. You're just trying to be cool. That's my theory. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah, there is nothing we could do better and be more accepting than we are right now. We may be the greatest nation of acceptance in the history of the world. Maybe just feds for gay presidents. 
Um, I would not be surprised if Obama doesn't try to say, by the way, I did some gay things. Maybe last, if he was trying to get reelected again, yeah, but he's not going to come out now. Why not? I think it might freak people out. Who would be freaked? We just sat and had a long conversation where you were pointing at yourself about how accepting, and now you've turned it around to freak people out. Republicans. I got to get a show for you to listen to that I yeah. think will help. It's called the Ron and Fez Show. And as you're listening, yeah. then you're going to know what happens. I'm listening. Pips, is everything good with you over there today? This is going great, Ron. Who you got on the phones? Matty Ice. Good, because that fucking idiot from yesterday. Oh, that kid. He has um tough time with everything. Just plain simple. I don't know how to say this into an intern to an intern, but I want to get across to him that you will not make it in radio. We got some nose jets going through here. Some heavy breathing. Gotta quiet it down. Um Sean, you're on the run of Fed show. Shiny. Hello? Go ahead. You're driving me fucking okay. crazy, dude. Okay. I got a tongue twister for a mush mouth to try. Huh, mush? I know. All right, here goes. You ready? Answer that. I am a centaur. Give it you a You are a jerk. That's what you get. And that wasn't even a tongue twister. That's just a statement. Oh, all right. That's all that guy's got. It is kind of a tongue twister, though. Piece of garbage. That guy's a garbage monster. Your way of insulting without cursing just doesn't work for you. It's harder. It's much harder. When's the uh, new Entertainment Weekly channel starting? Soon. I don't have a date on it yet. Why don't you have a date when everyone else does? Because I'm out of the loop on Entertainment Weekly Radio. One of the producers of the ONA show was just giving me some of the 411 on it. Oh. That's the sound. Not too happy. Uh, Not too happy at all. Well, they're moving. They're going to be our neighbors now. They're right behind that wall. The old Martha Stewart place? Yeah. Martha, oh, you're you're moving into the old Martha Stewart place. Uh, Martha Stewart, they said, signed up for uh, a dating website. Yep. And a thousand dudes already want to date her. Sure, why not? Why get some of that Martha Stewart money? She's, I think she's on like a Match.com. I think that's the one that she uh, chose. You know she's getting paid to do it. It's not real. I don't think so. I think why. She, I think she can't find a man. She's Martha Stewart. She yes, that I bet a bunch of dudes approach her of ulterior motives, just want that money. Well that's what you just said they would be doing at match dot com. Yeah, but I think she'll have a uh, more people coming in at her for match dot com. Uh Bernard, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, Ron? Um, what's up call it? There's this lady called Jackie Samuel. Jackie Samuel. She uh supposedly she's a smuggler for sixty dollars. An hour, she'll snuggle with you. And for $300, she'll spend the night with you snuggling. But yeah. she don't lay with you. That's what she's saying. 
For three hundred dollars, she's gonna snuggle my dick. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, Once you start right. snuggling, forget it. <laughs> Snuggle. Who wants that to begin with? I think this is an extension of those cuddle parties we heard about in college, where people just literally just call each other. To me, it sounds like hot acid on the body fucking parties. <laughs> it's just a terrible tease. I don't know why anyone wants to hold or be held. You don't want to go to the snuggery? No, I feel like I'm snuggling a campfire. Oh, oh. God, I love to hold you like this because it burns my skin. It's like being in a headlock. Well, she went to the University of Rochester, got a degree in brain and cognitive science, and now Good. she's snuggling dudes for money. Tell her to go have a garbage plate up there that they love to eat. <laughs> Those drunk garbage plates. Just put a garbage plate in between them as they snuggle. I don't get what's going on with people in the world. Just try to make that money without fornicating. That's okay to say, right? First of all, I just want to... You brought up money now, the last two stories, and saying it like... I don't want to say that you're trying to talk black. I'll say that you're trying to talk urban. I'm not... No. No, no the snuggling thing, I don't understand at all. Maybe it's kind of like this, you know, like the movie The Sessions where they have people, do, maybe people do it to learn intimacy. Okay, if I was paralyzed, then yeah. <laughs> but I can't stop you from coming over because I don't feel it anyway. I bet. But go ahead, come on over, snuggle all you want. My fucking nerve endings are destroyed. Maybe, Enjoy. Maybe these two women are artistic. Oh, like our guest yesterday, Temple Grandin. Yeah. That's autistic. Autistic. Not artistic. Autistic. Let's say hi to my buddy Jay Moore. Hello, JJ. I once knew him, man. It was an artistic. Still, autistic. Still doing this? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. You said you liked it the first time. I know, I but it was a month ago, and you don't have a new voice for me. Oh, you want a new voice? Yeah. What's your new you voice that you you're working on? You want Morgan Freeman to narrate uh, Pepper Hicks' life? Uh, see, this I would love. There he goes, good old Pepper Hicks, goes down to his local watering hole, gets himself a fill, tells all of his friends, stay hydrated, crawl through a river of shit to come out the other side and take friends Wapi's job. What? Ouch. No. That hurts. Why does that hurt? Because it was a bad impression? No, the impression was dead on. It was actually better than anyone else's Morgan Freeman. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing very good. I just stopped at a little fast food joint to get some uh, breakfast. I'm on my way to work. Got my little bag of my bacon bacon biscuit from Carl's Jr. That's not a sponsor. I just thought you guys should know I'm loading up on the bacon today. Good. You need plenty of it. Uh, since I talked to you last, I actually read about you in an English newspaper over... Uh, you, because you were anti-gun and people got mad at you. <laughs> yeah, people need to realize I am a gun owner. Yeah. And uh, they need to realize when they're being trolled, and I didn't realize that I would uh, get actual death threats from Second Amendment um, people. I, I, the, the thought of repealing the Second Amendment is absolutely absurd. I was crying for peace in regards to the Boston uh, Marathon every time I come home. You know, there's some violence on the TV. Terrible violence. 
terrible. And uh, what I should have written was, uh, we need. To, I, I did write, you know, I'm sad that we're getting used to this. Mm-hmm. And our first responders are getting really good at this because of its regularity. But it's 140 characters or less. And I... Uh, I wrote, watch this, repeal the Second Amendment, and then everybody, uh, I'm a Jew, Muslim, Hollywood faggot. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah, you're all those things. <laughs> and uh, what people don't realize is I'm from Jersey, I'm a Republican, I'm a big Chris Christie guy, um, I voted Democrat once in my life. Uh, but I will say this, all the responses I got on Twitter, they sure did a good job pushing me over to that Hollywood faggot, Muslim, Hollywood elite side. <laughs> I, if, the, if those are the people... right that I'm supposed to be standing up for, then you can fucking count me out. Because I've never seen a more despicable group of people than the people that hit me up on Twitter and and told me I was wiping my ass with the Constitution. And by the way, they're called amendments. The word amend itself (laughs) means it's changeable. It was, I couldn't believe that you did one tweet and how far and wide it went. Yeah, and I made a list with, like, Michael Moore... And, you know, I'm supposed to move to North Korea now. And it's like, you got the wrong guy. I'm, a, I'm not a pundit. I'm not a politician. I'm a comic with a Twitter account. Pile on. You know, it's when Adam Carolla got in trouble for talking to Gavin Newsom, Lieutenant Governor of California, and he was doing a whole bunch of racial humor, and people labeled him as a, uh, as a racist. And then I had Carolla on my radio show, and he goes, look, I'm, I'm an, I do a podcast. I have no boss. They can say whatever they want. And I was like, yeesh, I'm not in that boat. I actually have people on my radio show, you know, half your listeners just drop out because they're in the middle of the country. Right. And what they don't realize is, uh, you know, hey, did you know you can put 38 rounds in a 357 Magnum and the rubber grip is the best? And if you go to the firing line in Burbank, if you remember, for $18 a month, you can use any damn gun they got on the wall. And, like, that's my spot. Like, I, I'm, I'm pro all of that stuff. So, um... It was just amazing. And then uh, I thought, you know what? I'm going to use Twitter like how Colin Quinn uses Twitter. And then when Chris right. started, somebody said about Jason Collins, I went after the First Amendment and said, he should be fired. You can't say those things on television. And then, then they came out again. Yeah, but it was the other side. The other side then. Everybody has their own amendment that they love. Yeah, and everybody was telling, yeah. But the, the Second Amendment, more than anything I've seen in my life, more than when I go after atheists, and more than when I made a run at any personal person or group. Uh, the Second Amendment, very specifically, an enormous voice of people telling me, if I ever see you, I'm going to slit your fucking throat, let yeah. you lead in the street, you Muslim Jew Hollywood faggot. And I'm like, oh, okay. I had no idea that I was a Hollywood elitist. I know, I, they, I, they really do feel as if there's some Hollywood club the people sit around together. But for me, it was fun to watch to see how far and wide it went. It just yeah, it wasn't fun for me. Yeah, I know. It's, it's never fun when you're the one in the barrel. Anytime your bosses have a meeting with you and go, we need to talk about the Twitter account, that's never a good conversation. No. It's never like, it, the really funny tweets lately, JJ, keep them up. Yeah, they're never good. Love, hey. the, love the picture of your puppy sitting on the bed. <laughs> but you know what? It, it does look worse than when someone gets that heat and then immediately deletes their Twitter account. Yeah, I, it's it's amazing. It's We all keep thinking that Twitter is going to help us sell out arenas because it worked for Dane Cook on MySpace. And uh, I'm being truthful. There are comics 
where Twitter, if Dave Chappelle just says, I'm going to be at Ron Bennington's Unmasked, that's just going to be full. No one has to say a word. But for the rest of it, if you want to test Twitter, put a photo up. I'm going to say 1% of the people that follow you will actually even look at the photo that you put up for your followers. Yeah, I've seen people with uh, 2 million followers or whatever plan on doing something and there hasn't been heat there. They say like 10% of your actual followers are real. That's that's some number someone said. And you can yeah. buy a million followers for like a few grand. A lot of your followers are like a mattress factory and, you know. No. But I will say this, Ron, for the record. Mm -hmm. uh, people don't realize uh, when they were tweeting at me that I'm just a gun owner. 357 Magnum, rubber grip, uh, thumb safe. Uh, Pro-Second Amendment, we do need a well-regulated militia. I don't even think people realize that when the Constitution and all that stuff was written that the British soldiers were just hopping fences and climbing through people's backyards and using your house as a station to field battle plans in, and that was the built-in protection for the American citizens to make sure that never has. And one way to ensure absolute chaos and anarchy is have for the government to start collecting guns. Uh, I don't know if you need, I'm not getting back into the debate. I'm not sure if you need a machine gun in your house or automatic assault rifles. I'm not sure how any of that works. But I know for a guy at home that wants to protect his property and his life and his family with uh, a sidearm or a shotgun, that's absolutely his right. And I am completely pro that. Uh, they had, basically they got the wrong guy. They lumped me in with everybody else. All I right, did, well let's yeah, but let's I stay did, away from that I, then, but Jay. I, but I but I did tweet it. Yeah, so it is on me. Let's stay away from that now. How are you on abortion? Where's your whole abortion thing? I do not have lady parts. Uh -huh. I am not able to be ejaculated into my vagina, and I am not able to carry a baby in my uterus because I do not have a vagina. I do not have a uterus. I do not produce eggs. So I don't think I can intelligently give an informed opinion about anything abortion-related. I think we should have many more women in Congress, many more women in Senate, to get a much more equal, balanced debate about the subject going. Mm. And let's hear your Stephen Wright impression. I once met a baby that was aborted, and he had intimacy issues. And I said, why do you have intimacy issues? Oh, no, I can do better than that. No, that's good, though. Huh? That was good. I really liked it. I once met a baby that was aborted that worked at a vacuum cleaner store. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> vacuum. You know, that's the great thing about little Marty Gennetti. Just saying Marty Gennetti makes Ron Bennington laugh. It does. Know, whenever I get into an elevator and there's just one other guy, I'll look over at him and I'll say, you know, we're really not going anywhere. They just keep the doors closed long enough until they can change all the furniture and wallpaper. I mean, it's hard to make up jokes with Stephen Wright, man. No, I think it works really well. I it Good old definitely. Andy. Look at Fez Lottley, doing the best he can, hold himself together. Um, Chris Stanley was telling me that he's so pro-women's rights that he would work as an abortionist. No problem doing it either. Uh, would you, how, what, would you, what instruments would you use, Chris Stanley, well, who see, is not Jay Moore right now? See, I don't, I haven't go to school, I have to go to school to find out what instruments to use. But, you know, whatever, a scalpel? I don't know. I don't know. Scalpel. How they, or they, 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 a land weed eater? They suck it out, right? 
sometimes. Um, you know? Chris, that's nice of you. You're so pro women and so yeah. anti condom. Uh huh. Hate them. You know. Uh, how are you on abortion? You're pro-abortion, right, Ron? It sounds, it's so disgusting to say pro-abortion, though. It's not, it's, it's almost like... Oh, you can only say you're pro-abortion if you're in China. The word is pro-choice. But I go, I, I agree with what you said, that it's really no guy's thing that women, you know, have to do their own thing. Guys yeah, stay out of that white one. White guys from the South, old white guys from the South with white hair named Lindsay and Saxby shouldn't be the ones going, if I had the vagina, <laughs> I would make sure... But, now it's not like Al Pacino became a senator, Ron. Oh! But here's here's the thing, Jay. You are Catholic now, and the Catholic Church takes a high stance on that. The Catholic Church doesn't agree with abortion. That's right. <laughs> uh, it is true. Catholic Church is anti-abortion, and I don't want to say my personal feelings on the radio. I guess you could say, since I'm sucking from the corporate teat. Yeah. I personally don't believe it. I, if my wife got pregnant accidentally, or if we had a baby with disabilities in utero early, I, uh, we would bring it to term because my wife and I, not because we're Catholics, before we became Catholic, she was born a Catholic, I converted, not because of her, because I had a calling. It's in the podcast. Do your research. I personally <laughs> am pro-life. However, I would be an absolute fool to have a vote on it because I don't have the ability to have a baby, and I don't... Look, I have frozen embryos on a shelf right now, so if I can freeze it, is it life? That's the question that's in my head. That's that's the that's the thing I have in my mind rolling around. Like, when they say life begins at conception, I'm like, well, if that's life, how I've had these frozen for two years. Mm. You know what I mean? Hey, do you like your new Pope? Uh, yeah, he's hip, he's Argentinian, you know, yeah. he likes to dance, a little salsa, it's only a matter of time before Tom Brady and Giselle get down there and do a little thing, you know, little thing with him, hanging out. I do like the new Pope, he's hip, he's cool, he's happening, what's not to like about this guy? And by the way, who doesn't love an underdog? The guy came out of nowhere and just stiffed on the Nigerian. Right. And, uh, uh, Timothy, the, uh, the American guy, was like the 50 to 1 shot, and everyone thought it was going to be Mark Willette from Montreal, who was the Archdiocese of Montreal avec les habitants. And, uh, the Archdiocese of Montreal just got boxed out by an Argentinian. Out of nowhere, the Argentinian takes it. Let's get the Falkland Islands from the British. This guy wants to be pumped so bad he can taste it. <laughs> Hey, you really are getting to be more like a sports guy, though, all the time. Everything's falling into that sports thing. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess so. But I always was. I think now you just have the ear for it because you know it's my job. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Ron, you know it's my job. Where is Fez Wadley today? Al Pacino wants to say hello. Jay Moore's podcast, More Stories, is available on iTunes with updates every Monday and Friday and produced by Smodcast. That's More Stories on iTunes. Smodcast? Oh, what year is this? You do my heart good, fans. You're not produced well, by Smodcast you, anymore, are you, Jay? I broke out of my own, and I'm my own man. I'm not, I'm my own label fan. I let a UFC fighter choke me out. I <laughs> right now. I let him choke me out three times because I thought it was nice. I enjoyed it. Uh, right. I just called to say hi to you guys. And All I right, JJ, love you, buddy. Glad you're out of I the uh, barrel now. Uh, well, who knows? You know, after the abortion discussion, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm hoping something gets picked up and ran with. 
<laughs> you, you know what I am, Ron? Let me tell everybody right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an American, and I am pro and anti-everything. Good. I, whatever you guys think is what I think. And you're just you're from the same town, and you're the same age as every single listener. Everybody's exactly. the same. Thanks, JJ. Stay hydrated. And good old Andy. Peace. Jay Moore, the controversial Jay Moore. Now, I was just looking up. They're putting the spiral up on top of, I call it the New World Trade Center, but what's the real name? Freedom Tower. The Freedom Tower. It's very shiny when you look at it. Well, it's glass. They should have just built it 100 floors down into the earth. That was my idea. There's nothing going to crash into it at that point. Uh, here's uh, Wes. You're on the Run of Fed show. Yeah, Pepper. I was wondering if you could page a friend of mine. His name is Mike Hunt. <sighs> Please, what year is this? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> well, people want you to fail at your no cursing rule. Yeah, people like to see me fail. And don't worry, I fail in almost everything. So there's something I want to try and. Screw you're going to go the whole month, and I don't think you're going to fail even once. I feel okay oh, right God, now. Oh, God, I should have brought this up to Jay. I fucking love this story. So the owner of the Chicago Cubs is saying that if he can't do all the things that he wants to do to Wrig- Wrigley Field, if the local government stops him, he's going to move the Cubs. That the <laughs> Chicago Cubs... He believes, and this is what kills me, he believes he owns that and not the city of Chicago. Technically, that could happen. I mean, but To me, when you own a sports team, and I don't know why we don't just get this out, it's the same way when you give money to a park or a museum. Guess what, dude? It ain't yours to do anything you want to. You get to put your name on it. You get to sit and run with it. But you don't fucking own it. Any more than if you own a piece of property, you don't get to get mad and dig up all that fucking dirt and move that dirt somewhere else and leave a giant hole. This guy's a crazy scumbag. It's something that, uh, by saying crazy scumbag, it's something every owner is. At one time, Steinbrenner said he was moving the Yankees to New Jersey. And everyone just fucking laughed at him. This guy better watch himself. Chicago people don't want anything to do with this dude. Why? What are they going to do? They're going to go to the fucking ballpark. That's what they do. The The great thing about owning the Chicago Cubs is those people don't give a shit whether they win or lose. And they're still going to go to the ballpark every day. They drink. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll see them and they got the back to the game. They're just like, oh, a lot of great chicks here. It's a part. It's like going to the park for the day. That's so it's weird. like a great place to go and party he's asked to do one thing put nine guys out there in stripes that's all you got to do doesn't matter what they do keep the game going on um it's uh it's so funny that he thinks that he could move them he can't brad you're on the run of fed show hey ron uh, it, I understand what you're saying, but the Ricketts, uh, the, the Cubs uh, have so many restrictions placed on them by the city of Chicago that they're really 
hemorrhaging money. They, they're not. They're not making the money that other teams are making. Yes, because, you're not. That's because you bought the Chicago Cubs. Well, it's, what makes what what would make you think that it's even a business? It's something to own and then sell later for more money. It's like saying, "Hey, I bought a yacht and I'm hemorrhaging money." Yeah, because you bought a fucking yacht. But wouldn't you also want to at least try to make more money when you sell those teams? That's you know what? Then sell it now. But you don't go in and buy the Chicago Cubs because you want something new and modern. The thing that you bought was the Chicago Cubs. That's like if I turned around and bought um, Tavern on the Green. Then I can't act like, but I want to drive through window. You know what I mean? Like, that would be insane. This, the city is saying, here's what Tavern on the Green is. The Chicago Cubs are one of those things. If you go and buy the Grand Canyon, you can't fill it up and make it into a big swimming pool. He owns the Chicago Cubs. Um, Tim, in Chicago, you're on the Run and Fez show. Yeah, Ronnie, we do a lot of work in the area. We do all the sound systems and video systems for the bars in the area, and I know a lot of the owners personally. And uh, this guy's making it a freaking nightmare down there. He's uh, he's trying to put up billboards in front of the rooftops so the rooftop seats can't see the stadium. He's, I mean, he's just he's ruining the place. He's doing super cheap drinks so the bars aren't getting the business. I mean, he's ruining the culture of the actual, you know, of the actual space down there. It's now that's really the, that's up. the interesting thing that you brought this up this is culture it's not a ball team the way other places are a, are a ball team that is a big part of chicago culture those people being up on the roofs and partying is a big part of what people like about chicago because it's different that you can't go to Houston, sit on a roof, and watch a ball game across the street. The people right. of Chicago put up with goddamn 11 months of winter. Let them <laughs> take their shirts off and lay on the on the roof drunk for the one time of the year. Yeah, no, it's not like U.S. Cellular Field with the White Sox. There's nothing around there. It's one stadium, and there's nothing around there. There's no bars. There's no nothing. Wrigley Field, it's, you know, everybody goes to all the bars afterwards. It's a whole environment. I mean, it's it's not just about the stadium. It's about everything that's thrown up around it. You are and 100% so right, and they show up whether the team is in first place, which it never is, or last place, which it often it is. is. Yeah. And it's yeah. a ballpark where you can see chicks because women show up because it's like a fun thing. It's the day out to say we're going to the park. Um. Here's uh, Brian. Brian, you're on the Run Fest show. That uh, the last guy to call in, or one before that, just really bugged the shit out of me. Why are people so willing to like step up and defend the people that have the most in this country? Like, you know, I get into arguments with people saying, "Oh, you know, the, the Walmart family with you know all the money they got, whatever," and they're like, "Oh, you need to go look out for them." Why do I have to look out for them? I'm not them. Jesus Christ. In this country, we're so willing to jump up and kiss the ass of the people that have it so well. I just don't understand that. Particularly now when the Walmart people didn't even build that business. You know what exactly. I mean? They're, and this, this asshole from the Cubs, he doesn't have the right to do that. He's just making noise to get more money out of the local taxpayers. And there you go. They're going to get fucked. All right. Thanks, man. Peace. Uh, Justin, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. 
Um, man, we live in America. This guy bought a business. I think he has the right to run the business like he wants. I mean, I do understand. First, first of all, just think of how crazy that is. Of course you can't run the business the way you want to. No one does. He, he can he can make improvements to the team as he sees fit. I mean, no, I, I, he can make the thing. he can make the improvements to the team on the field. But what happens in that neighborhood and that stadium is not his at all. Just like in the same way that just because you have a business doesn't mean that you can pay the employees whatever you want or whatever the working conditions. Everybody has conditions that they are tied into to the government. And these conditions in the city of Chicago is this is the way the Cubs run, and if you don't like it, then sell the fucking team. Well, he bought right, the Chicago that's, that's Cubs. Fair. But I don't. I, I do not feel bad at all for these people that somebody owns a house and they make hundreds of thousands of dollars every year on renting their roof space because they can look down into another person's business. Why do they get to? You know, why, why, I don't. I don't think they should have any say in it. Fuck them. Um, well, but see, here's what you don't get. You don't live in Chicago, and you don't get the fact that's a, that's one of the great things about living in Chicago. It's okay. not, uh, you're calling from Tampa, it's yep. not Tampa. And, oh, we, and, and listen, we have the shittiest baseball stadium experience of all time, so, you know, I, I've, been to, I've been to Wrigley, I, I think it's a lot of fun, but I just... I think that if he wants to put up a scoreboard, it's not like he's putting over a dome where he shuts everything out. I think a scoreboard it actually so enhance the experience. I don't think it does. I think it's just the opposite because you can see a scoreboard anywhere. You can see those things anywhere in America. And here you have a unique experience. And if the people of Chicago, the people of Chicago say... We love the Cubs the way they are, then that guy should sell the fucking Cubs. It's not so much that he's going to move the Cubs. They ought to think about moving him out. Because I will tell you this. Between having some team that wins a lot and having the Chicago Cubs being the way they are, if I lived in Chicago, I'd rather have the Cubs. You'd have to. You'd have to be a Cubs fan. Did the amount of history alone? Um, it's a fucking joke to me. Uh, the the way we ever let any of these teams move in the first place. It's a fucking joke to me. Um. And then, I, the way that I see it, if the people in Chicago say just the, uh, the opposite, then it's worth uh, discussing. If the people in Chicago said, look, we'd rather have some ugly stadium and, you know, make it more profitable and then we'll have a winning team in here, then that would be worth uh, bringing up. That would be worth talking about. Um, here's uh, Brian in Chicago. You're on the Run of Fed show. Brian. Hey, looks in on, um... You gotta start from the beginning or your phone's going in and out. Oh, sorry, Ronnie. Um, I live in Chicago. I actually, on my balcony, I can see, uh, Wrigley Fields, uh, look right into the outside. And 
You know, what Ricketts is trying to do is interesting. Uh, your phone's going in and out. See, here's what he's telling okay, me. Okay, I apologize, Ronnie. Yeah. His, his balcony looks down into Chicago, uh, Wrigley Field, into the friendly confines. So what are you saying about the owner? Uh, what I'm saying is he's essentially taking a neighborhood team. Because, you know, as you know, if you've been here, Chicago is one of the only cities that actually has uh, a ballpark in a really nice neighborhood. Right. And he's trying to make it into New Yankee Stadium or even uh, U.S. Cellular down the road. And from a neighborhood standpoint, I kind of say, and I'm a Giants fan anyway, for full disclosure, but from a neighborhood standpoint, if he wants to move the team, fine, move it to where, like, two expressways meet and do what you have to do to make money. But putting up a scoreboard in a uh, huge TV in the outfield seems, seems not really so we're thinking. I, I, I got news for you. The... You guys, it would be easier to find a new owner that can work within what he has to work with than for baseball ever to get another Chicago Cubs at Wrigley Field. Because that is never going to happen again. You are never going to have a stadium surrounded by a neighborhood that the whole place turns into what kind of a party on the day of the games, and people are coming in and out. You are never going to have that experience again in America. And we do have plenty of billionaires who will come in and waste money on fucking teams. And if you want to own the Cubs, you should be worried about what happens on the field. What trades you can make, what you can do. You're going to get your stupid name in the paper. If they do finally win something, you get to run out on the field and act like you're part of the team and pour champagne on your head. But what you don't get to do is ruin something that is part of that city just in a way a lake or a river or a park is part of a city. That's something that is not even of your lifetime. Your job is to run it as good as you can, and then hand it over to the next generation so that they could enjoy it the way this generation, the generation before, and the generation before them did. Don't own the fucking team. You don't have to. Um, you know, that guy calling up, oh, a guy should be able to run a business the way he wants. I disagree when it comes to certain things. Just like if you own a fucking Picasso, you don't have a right then to just start fucking painting funny things all over it. That would be wrong. That's against society. The same if you start fucking around with Wrigley. Oh, by the way, come to my house. I'm having a party. We're all pissing on a Mona Lisa. What? That's how fucking rich I am. Um, here is... Doug in Chicago. You're on the run of face show. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Good. Uh, all right. What it is is everyone up here, we love the stadium the way it is. Yeah, it's a yuppie stadium. There's a lot of yuppie people, and the blue-collar people all go to the Sox. But, you know, everyone's going to raise a stink about it saying, leave it the way it is. We love to have the parties after the game. We love watching people pissing between, you know, three-story brown songs all over the place and going to the bars. You know, I don't think he'll succeed in making it a modern-day park in any way, stretch of the word. We got plenty of modern-day parks. We don't need it. 
we already have things like he's bringing up. Don't want it. Don't need it. Don't like it. Sell your fucking team. Somebody else will buy it. I guarantee you. No one's ever sold a team in a loss, it feels like. I mean, every year. Just... You're 100% right. You, can, you, you will make your profit when you sell it. But there are some things in life that you buy not to run like a regular business. And I fucking hate to say it, but a sports team is one of them. And these guys that are saying, uh, oh, I can't make money running my football team, then don't. Sell the motherfucker. Let somebody who wants it. People are standing in line to buy football teams. Um, here's uh, Justin in Austin. You're on the Run Fed show. Yeah, uh, I think what a lot of people are leaving out is, um, you know, in a lot of these cities, when these stadiums get built, it's, you know, usually like a half and half or a sixty forty deal, where you know some of the city through taxpayer money is funding the construction, funding the infrastructure around the ballpark. So no, you can't just pick up and leave and do whatever the fuck you want to do. The community is involved directly financially. Yeah, I don't know why we ever let any of these guys move in the first place. I don't know why you can jump back and forth the city. I think that if you move your team, like what that guy did when he moved the Colts in Indianapolis, yeah. the next day the FBI should have shown up, threw fucking cuffs on him, taken him to jail, and then had federal agents drive those trucks back to Baltimore. It was theft, literally. Um, here's uh, Larry. You're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing, buddy? Good. Hey, I just want to say two things. First of all, we lost the team here in Houston that way. You know, when the Oilers moved to Tennessee uh, with the crap that goes on. But uh, I just want to say that guy in Chicago, you know, you can't really call your the Cubs a neighborhood team when you have your own personal national television station that shows all your games nationally. But here's the thing. That makes it kind of a neighborhood team for me, too. I've never rooted for the Cubs, but I like the idea that the Chicago Cubs are out there. I like that the Chicago Cubs are a, an American institution, and even more so, I like it that they're a losing American institution. That they're not some fucking institution built on, look how great we are, look how excellently we are, look what hard work pays off for. No, I like the fact that summer after summer they shit the bed. That you can go into Chicago and sweep those assholes. <laughs> that I love. That is a part of my life. And it's been very rare I've ever even looked up and seen him in the playoffs. But when I do, I can say, well, this won't last long. How are they going to screw this up? This is not going to happen very long. And one day we will see the Cubs win the World Series, and we're going to be shocked. And it's going to be a great moment. Um, but we don't have to worry about the fact that whether this is, happens or don't happen, it's not going to change your life whether the Cubs win or not. It just doesn't matter. Uh, here's my buddy, the blowhard. You're on the Run Fest show. 
You know, this owner is only one of many who are destroying the game. You and I go back, and we remember the tradition, the culture of sports, especially places like Fenway, old Yankee Stadium, of course, Wrigley Field. But this is the future. Pro sports as we know it, it, it's going down the toilet, and now there's a backlash. If you look at attendance records, Yankee Stadium's empty. The other night they had a game. Yeah, because it's empty. fucking eighteen hundred dollars a ticket. Right, and this is going to be the backlash, and I've been waiting for this because the owners have been saying "fuck you" to the fans for years now, and ever since the NFL, for example, started the personal seat licenses that you got to pay twenty thousand, fifty thousand, or. Whatever. It's a joke. I wouldn't it, go to it, any of those ball it, It's like parks. raping the fans. Hey, I gotta go. I just found out somebody's uh, coming up. What's happening? Uh, Mr. Greg Robinson. Uh, he is here because the office is ending? Uh, and for, actually, for peoples. And also, the office is ending. Uh, I think they've only got a couple weeks left. And then right, he's got buddy. a Have new... Alright, buddy. He's got a new uh, movie out called Peoples. Uh, where David Allen Greer plays his dad. Yeah. Let's bring him in. Drinking a German beer with a Cuban cigar in the middle of Paris with a Dominican bar. Great head on her shoulder. She probably studied abroad. She transferred to Harvard from King's College in March. I'm her favorite cause she admires the art Michelangelo with the flow, Picasso with the bar She's well put together like a piece by Gershwin Renaissance style, tonight it's bitch you perfect to smile And pack your bags real good baby Cause you'll be gone for a while Craig Robinson is in studio with us Peoples comes out everywhere next Friday, May 10th Good to see you again my man Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you for having me. I certainly appreciated our last visit. That was a lot of fun, man. You were really, really on that day. <laughs> and I oh, keep doing the Doobie Brothers thing, too. <laughs> I've gotten obsessed with that. <laughs> you know what was the weirdest thing for this movie for me? Is seeing David Allen Greer as the dead. I was not ready for that. Yeah, he 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 couldn't be. Uh, uh, he's not that that much older. Yeah. So he and he yeah, but he played the hell out of it, right? Yeah, he did. And you know, you believed it, but um, nah, he. Uh, did he whiten the hair a little bit, or is yeah, that his I real hair? I think he did whiten the hair a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Because I'm like, what? He was just uh, what just <laughs> yeah. happened in the last. Yeah when, yeah, when you see him, you know, at the premiere and stuff, you be like, "Oh, okay, okay, okay you're back." So this is happening for you. And then I read in Deadline dot com the other day that everybody's saying great things about your pilot. I saw that too. It was, yeah. it was very nice. You know, it's I'm in what I call the bubble of hope. We turn the <laughs> pilot in, and NBC has it, and, and they they they're gonna watch it and. Uh, and they're going to make a decision, and they have to do it pretty soon because, you know, we had upfronts. Uh, they have the upfronts coming up. Mm -hmm. and so uh, hopefully I'll be back in New York to present this to the advertisers. But you have no, you guys feel good about it. We, we had a great time shooting. We feel yeah. great about it. We know we made a good, good funny, solid pilot uh, with some heart. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's up to the powers that be. 
Look how many things you have happening at the same time. You got a movie out. Mm-hmm. You got a pilot waiting to be picked up. You're, you're, you're doing the farewell tour for one of the great sitcoms of the last 25 years. Everything's happening to you at once. There's a lot a lot going on at one time. And it's, 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 it, uh, I couldn't have planned it like this. It's right. Because so, the movie Peoples was, uh, was shot a few years ago. So that that's coming out, you know, and then uh, so we've been waiting to bring it up because we're so excited about it. And, you know, it's just a love fest with that cast, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I got this Rapture Palooza comes out June 7th, a week before This Is The End comes out. So yeah. it's this amazing, amazing time. And then with other things, you mentioned the office ending and uh, the pilot. So, yeah, it's amazing. So with the... With the office ending, not everybody has another five things going on. Do you have to kind of keep some of that quiet when you're looking around at the rest of the cast? Uh, well, it's hard to keep in. I mean, you know, it's out there. Yeah, <laughs> everybody knows. It's out there. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, those cats are going to be fine. I think everybody has something going right. on, you know. So, I, uh, it's, it's uh, it, you know, we're all happy for each other. Well, you know, it, it's funny with that show ending because most shows just end and no one knows it. They don't get a farewell. Exactly. Like 95% of the shows, you're just like, wait, that's not on anymore? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We... We we got they you know they they announced in the beginning of the year Greg Daniels said he's going to end the show so we had all that time to deal with it so when it got to that point you know a bunch of people were crying I I didn't cry okay <laughs> I, I did I'm gonna miss the, the cast I'm gonna miss you know the show uh, a bunch of the crew you know it, it was a beautiful thing we, you know amazing experience and it, it's opened many 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 doors for me and uh you know I couldn't be more uh, humbled and honored to have been a part of this so. We're saying goodbye to it, and the thing is, we're going out. Greg Daniels is taking us out with so much class, you know. Right. And they were able to announce it. We're going to Scranton this Saturday to party with the people who this right. show is based on. Um, and we are, you know, we all got a, a nice little wrap up goodbye. And no one gets to do that. You get to do that. And in the meantime, you don't even know when you're going to find out about your pilot. That could happen any day now. And I, I would say within the next nine days. Wow. Yes. How's it different, though, from what you were doing with The Office? I mean, suddenly now it's all about you and your character, right? Yes. There's a, I'm in a lot more scenes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's just, there's, it's more, I get, you know, I get more input. Not that I couldn't input on The Office, but I, I kind of, I let them go. You know, it's like, y- y'all are doing... I'm pleas- I'm surprised. I'm I'm happy with whatever Daryl's doing. Right. Th- this one is based on my life. I I was a music teacher, and th- and, and I do have a band called the Nasty Delicious. <laughs> um, look us up one day. We don't have anything for sale right now. But um, I so this centers on me as a funk band that's leader, and that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But it makes no money, so I substitute teach with not a lot of concern. However. They throw me in music class one day, and I'm like, "Oh, I can do this to the dismay of the principal." She's like, "No, just throw the video in," you know. So uh, it's it's uh, it's you know a lot of elements of how I you know, how I lived and how I live. You uh, grew up on funk music. You love funk music. Funk is is it for me? I mean, I, I love all music. I you know I, I'll rock some some Vivaldi Four Seasons. You know, I'll, I'll rock some Sal George uh, Brazilian. Mm. Uh, but um. But funk is 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 where where it, where it begins and ends for me. The uh, 
Yeah, I was just in um, a jazz fest and saw Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's my ultimate group. Great band. All time. And, they, and we in the rain just partying, man, for a straight little overnight. Yeah. You know what the weirdest thing is you brought up? I think the best musicians play funk. You know what I mean? I mean, outside of jazz, of course. But those jazz musicians kind of became funk. And then disco kind of pulled back and it became more about studio stuff. Mm -hmm. But what was happening in that short period in the 70s, there was really great musicians playing together for a while. Yeah, and we got some spots, you know, I'm sure here, um, some spots in L.A., we got some amazing musicians that yeah. come together for just for the funk. Yeah. And it's so dope. And you know, I, I've been listening to a lot of Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was funky man yeah. like if you just listen to you know the that's yeah. all funk you know so it's just like uh it's uh go back and listen to some of that stuff well i mean he came out of that mm -hmm. you know basically learning at the at the feet of those people you know of great musicians uh but the weird shit is when you watch him when he was a little kid yeah and he was like, somebody took James Brown and made him even smaller. That when it even comes to Michael Jackson, I've never gotten past little Michael Jackson. Like, I'm mm -hmm. still at, like, 12-year-old Michael Jackson. You, you got to see this uh, video. Um, you've probably seen um, him dancing with the Nicholas Brothers. Yeah. And, and when they had the variety show. It's unbelievable. Because yeah. he tap dances with the Nicholas brothers and and you I mean you would think that this was all he would right, do right right but he, he tapped and even the way he tap dances yeah. his 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 you know he moves like a snake his, his uh the he just moves different yeah. and it's it's just yeah, go, YouTube Michael Jackson Nicholas brothers and the whole family comes out and, and then he comes back and dance tap dances with um Janet you know, mm -hmm. it, it, he was about, I guess, 16, 17 at that time, and she was a little girl. So it's, you know, you got to check it out, man. It's a beautiful thing. And, and you don't get that kind of TV anymore. You know? Right. It doesn't they, happen. Friday doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. And that, and, and that was good, good stuff right yeah. there. And you know, they probably just said, look, the Nicholas Brothers want you to tap dance in a couple weeks. <laughs> exactly. Start working on it now. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll take some lessons. Right. You know, I can already dance, so I'll add some other stuff. Um, but you guys might have some music on this. You might bring in some musicians and stuff on the show. Yes, we. Um, it's, it's a music-driven show. You know, yeah. we, we start off the show showing my band jamming, and then, um, and then uh, as, as you know, I don't want to give away too much. Right. <laughs> of course, you know, in the hope that it gets picked up and you see it. But uh, there's definitely some, uh, you know, getting some kids to try to sing and, and those kind of things. When um, when P-Funk was touring the country, and before it got a little messy, as it has throughout the years, but there are times where that... I've been in shows there where I thought church could never be that big. At one time, I, did, I was at one of their shows, and I ended up on stage, and I saw George Clinton sitting in the seats. I don't know how everything <laughs> happened, but people were moving back and forth where the audience was on the stage, the band was down, and I don't think... I don't That's think, amazing. I don't think that people can play good enough to have that happen anymore you know what i mean i don't think that they could just tear the walls down enough mm -hmm. to let that kind of stuff happen anymore we that's you know I, my goal with my band is to get people partying again right you i go to you know if you go to any uh, majority of the clubs 
around this this country mm. at least um people are standing there and you know the music could be too loud and you know it's just one beat and it's just like it's not it's not um I just want to see. I just want to see people dance, like right. having a good time. So when, when I when I bring my my players out and they are all super bad, um, that's that's what we going for. We going for them to straight up get up and and shake it. Well, see the one beat I think that they originally did that was to help people who don't dance dance like here just fall into that. Yeah. But I say challenge them a little bit. Like have a challenging night. And people are gonna have more fun. And who who? I mean, you don't have to be. Barista Nicole, right? Throw your hands in the air, all yeah. right? Uh, just dance, silly. Ask Nicole Shabbat. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, man, it's, it's all about having a good time and, yeah. and being free. And you know, that's 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 one of the good things about those music festivals, man. People, uh, you know, I don't know if there's a better way to enjoy one without. Um, without the rain and just people being right. free and, you know, getting muddy and dancing. Well, it is cool now, too, that there's so many outdoor venues. Like, every town now has outdoor venues mm -hmm. in the summer. And there is no reason not just to book live music. I know a lot of people want to DJ out there, but I want a band. Yeah. I want a band every single time. Exactly. Me too. Uh, and you got a couple more movies after uh, People's Coming Out. This is... Uh, Tyler Perry was a producer on this, or yes, yes. Tina Gordon Chisholm wrote and directed yeah. this, and Tyler Perry has uh, put his name on it. You know, he yeah. put his name on it to produce it, and so and uh, he's expanding his brand to you know and shining his light on us as a uh, you know up and coming artist. So it's it's cool. really yeah, it's it's more than cool. You know, we we just like humble you know right. it's just, uh so to bring his audience in, and to get like a carrie washington's audience uh her scandal lovers and and, and my audience office fans and, and uh, hot tub and all of that so it's uh in david allen greer's people is it's 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 a fun event man we were looking forward to seeing what happens with because we loved making this movie yeah it looked it looked like everybody was having fun it looked like it was a relaxed, cool thing to be Good. doing. I'm glad that translated. Uh, so then you've got this other one that's just star-studded, right, with the end-of-the-world stuff. Yeah, it's called This Is The End. Seth Rogen, Danny McBride, James Franco, Jonah, Be Jonah Hill, Jay Baruchel, Rihanna, Kevin Hart, Emma Watson. Uh, it's, 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 yeah, it's a plethora of uh, people you recognize, including yours truly. All, right, all those funny people, if you were to sit down and have a beer, or who's holding court? Who out of all those people? Uh, Seth, Seth will hold court. Kevin yeah. Hart. Kevin Hart's going to hold court. Yeah, Kevin Hart. And Kevin is, is going to hold the court. Uh, but yes, and, and him and Seth will have fun going at it. But you come at it you don't feel that competitive about this kind of stuff because you're always, for being a funny person, you're very laid back. I I like to, uh, you know, lay in. I, li I like I like to be subtle. I like to come in, get in where I fit in, come back, you know, get the explosion and then sit back. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of feel uh, Danny's the same way, right? He's kind of a laid back guy. Yeah, Danny is laid back. He's, Which, he's crazy funny, but yeah. he's laid back. Uh, when he's not on. When he's not on, he's he can be you know, quiet. Doesn't yeah. need it all. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, that's how he, he. But he's still, his mind, is like he still he stays at that level though. It's right. Like he he stays at that comedic something about that dude. Man, I remember when I first met him, um, 
we were doing Pineapple Express. And I mean, he, it was, I was like, who the hell? Right. You know, it, he forced me to raise my game because yeah. he's doing this, he's just like laying out all this improv. I was like, oh, here we go. It's on now. That is such a funny movie, too, man. Right on. And there are so many things in that movie that had never been done before. I always felt like if, if that movie had been done first before Super Bad and all, then that would have been like, the thing is, people just started expecting uh-huh. that kind of shit to keep happening. But that is a funny movie. Those guys are, are genius at mixing genres. You, yeah. know, you got the stoner, you got the comedy, uh, and you got this violent action. Right. And it's like, yeah, people weren't weren't necessarily ready for for the hat pineapple to come out. Yeah. Because it was like, what, what's what's going on here? Yeah. So um, they they kind of did it again with this is the end. You know, they they it mixed some things up. And everybody's playing themselves, and of course, you're not really yourselves. Yes, there's heightened versions, and there are things you're going to hear and see that you know or that you wouldn't see or hear any of us ever do in real life. But uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's it, and that was you know challenging for for them. They. They took it around and they were trying. The studios were like, "Well, we like the idea, but do you have to play yourselves?" So they stuck true to that, and yeah, it was cool. It's cool to be counted amongst this cast. Yeah, that's that's the really great thing for you, man. Is that all these things come up, whether it's stand up, whether it's music, whether it's acting, and you're getting the phone calls. People want you in. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing, and I, I just try to go, you know, do the best job I can, man. And don't forget about uh, look in between peoples, and this is the end. Rapture Palooza. Now that's another one that uh, that's coming out June seventh, and that's uh, it's, it's set two years into the rapture. And the uh, Antichrist has taken over the world. I play the Antichrist. Who's who else is involved in this? Anna Kendrick. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is uh, my my want my I, I want her to be my love interest, but she uh, she's fighting it the whole way. Uh, John Francis Daly, who's in Bones, and he was in uh, he was in Seth. He was with Seth back way back when. What's the show? Freaks and Geeks. Oh yeah. And um, uh, Rob Hubel, Rob Corddry. Paul Shear, um, Thomas Lennon, uh, John Michael Higgins, Anna Gasteyer. It's uh, it's a smorgasbord. So it's like these, you know, three different comedy crews I'm rolling with right now. Dude, you got the career of like ten people right now. There, you have, <laughs> you have the career of a staff. <laughs> I can't believe how many projects you got going on. It's it's amazing. Yeah, that. Then the way they're they're coming out is is yeah. just hysterical to me. It's like okay, yeah, this will never happen again, right? Right, you get right. so much done at the same time. It will never be a time where I'm like, oh yeah, I got uh, three movies coming out. How you doing? Uh, well, uh, Peoples will be out in theaters everywhere next Friday, uh, May tenth. Uh, Craig Robinson, nice to see you again, man. Always a pleasure, Ron. And I'll see you next time coming through. Thank you, sir.
Craig Robinson. I always like him, man. I love Craig Robinson. I did not know he had... I didn't even... On my list, I've never even heard of this Rapture Palooza thing that he's doing. But I did just see in Deadline that they said that his sitcom is one of the hot ones. And NBC, they're in no position not to greenlight that thing. No, I like to give them a call right now and just say, I'm looking over everything that you're doing. You're better off doing this comedy with him. Look, we go down five floors. We'll tell all those jerks. You know what's really funny about that? Because they we've always bitched about how much they butt up. There's a lot less people going up and down those elevators than before. I think they've done some major layoffs in this building. Because when they first moved in, yeah. I used to have to wait three, four elevators. Yeah. That shit isn't happening. I uh, I came in twice by myself this week. That's crazy. Yeah, and I just stopped at their building. Oh. I just hit it anyway. Yeah. Oh, the door opened up. I just said, NBC, a lot of people are getting fired. <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway, I do like that man. On Twitter, he's Mr. Craig Robinson. I don't know how many people, when every time they bring up Michael Jackson, that I have to bring up 12-year-old Michael Jackson. I've done it. I did that to fucking uh, Smokey Robinson. Where I was like, Smokey, I never got over little Michael Jackson. And Smokey said, but you shouldn't. That's wisdom. You're right. You shouldn't. Ever. <laughs> I was like, okay, good. Now I'm sitting here. I'm trying to get fucking Smokey Robinson to make me feel better. Uh, I know we got a break here, right? Yeah. We got to catch up. Do we got a mustard? Say I did there. <laughs> catch. Wordplay. Word oh. I miss you cursing. <laughs> Should I start again? Yeah, no. No, fuck. You want to stay with it? All right. Stay with it. Uh, Craig Robinson's got three movies coming out. One big TV show ending and another big TV show starting. And he's got a band, and he's got a stand-up tour. He's hot fire. Nothing is happening in your life that compared to it. Got some podcasts. Got a Dave Max Sports program. Saturday, some. What about your other podcast that you do with your buddies that you grew up with? Oh, High Let's, Society Radio. Where is that at? You can go to NewTrashCity.com. Is that also being produced by Smodcast? No. WordPress. <laughs> Poor Fezzi. Yeah, one plug that though. He got it wrong. I fell for him. Fake mustache. Fake mustache? Fake mustache is Jay Moore's... Um, oh, I thought you were saying Fez had one. Oh, imagine if he did, and he was just fooling us the entire It'd time. Make a lot more sense <laughs> I'd than be actually walking around with that bird on your face. All right, why don't we break here? What do you want to talk about when we get back? Oh, there's a disturbing story coming out of Africa that I think affects all of us. Oh, God. It's been, actually, when I read it yesterday, I lost it. I threw, I threw something across the room. Did I tell you when I went back to Africa? No. It's all black now. I could not believe it. I didn't recognize anything. They even closed the train station. Sad. So there's a disturbing story coming out of Africa. Yeah. All right, I want to hear all about it. Yeah, you do. Trust me. Uh, all right, folks, we'll be talking about our motherland, Africa, when we get back a disturbing story. Pestilence? No, not Starvation? Pest not starvation. Something wrong with the giraffes? Closer, but not giraffes.
Okay. Right back. Ron and Fez Show. The Ron and Fez Show on the Open Anthony Show. Serious XM. <laughs> You've been warned. The new Mark Marin show, Marin, starts on IFC tomorrow night. Tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, 9 central on IFC. The show is called Marin. You heard Mark Marin on the ONA show today. You've heard him on Unmasked. That's the show. That's Mark Marin playing Mark Marin. That's what you're going to get on the new show, Marin, tomorrow night. That's the debut episode on IFC. So Mark Marin's going to be talking about, uh, he's going to be going through his life, his what uh, WTF podcast, his career, his love for his uh, cats, all of that is part of this new scripted comedy show, Marin, on IFC. Great guest stars this season, including Judd Hirsch playing his dad, Gina Gershon, Aubrey Plaza, Adam Scott, and this week's guest star is Dave Foley, where Dave and Mark go after an abusive fan on Twitter who keeps tormenting Mark Marin. It's all out of real life, but it's Marin, Marin, on IFC. Tune into Marin starting Friday, May 3rd, 10 in the East, 9 Central, and only on IFC. Thursday, beautiful day in May, uh, although in the Midwest, big snowstorm yesterday, which seems like end time shit to me. Snow in May. Will that destroy the crops? I don't know. Where'd you they're underground right now, so I don't think there should be any problem. You know what I mean? Like when there's seeds, nothing matters. All right, good. I worry. You're still going to get your food. If that's what this comes down to, dinner will show up today like always. Go over to 99 cents slice or wherever you go. Dollar pizza. You're overpaying because I'm seeing a lot of places that are going 85 cent pizza. I just want to get ahead, and I think I'm doing a good job of just, hey, it's a dollar for a slice of pizza, and I'm getting screwed over now, I find out. 
I gotta find a seventy-five cent pizza spot. Yeah, everywhere I look, people are starting to name themselves as cheap as they can possibly get it. One place said it's a dollar, but you get a water with your pizza. Mm. Nice free water. Well, it's not free. You're paying for it. <laughs> gotta watch this dollar slice down somehow. What am I gonna do? Pay seventy-five cents for a coke? You're drinking out of a hose. Oh, that's Take two long hits off the hose and then <laughs> slice. Everything that we brought up would kill poor Pips's belly. He can't drink hose water. No. There's all sorts of weird germs in that. He barely has an immune system. He's the boy in the bubble. He is. He's John Travolta, the boy in the bubble. My mom loved that movie. I've watched it <laughs> so much. Could you not? There was a boy in a bubble. It's the fucking greatest idea for a movie ever. Apparently happens. Yeah, that was the big thing. She was like amazed, like this is real, Chris. This could, re this was a this true could story. happen to you. You, we could have to have a bubble for you. <laughs> That's how she sounded. It's a thick Queen's accent. She loved uh, John Travolta. Yeah, she loved she loved Pulp Fiction because of John Travolta. Nothing else, just John Travolta is what she loved about it. That's the reason well, she watched it. When John Travolta went to Brooklyn to do Saturday Night Fever in the seventies, everybody in Brooklyn acted like. They met him. They used to have... I mean, you can say we have movies shooting around here all the time and no one cares. But when John Travolta was shooting that, like, five, ten thousand people would show up to see him walk down the street carrying a paint can. They were crazy about John Travolta in those days. Was he At that point, was he just from Welcome Back, Cotter? Yeah, but Welcome Back, Cotter was a huge hit. Yeah. He, I think he had already done Boy in the Bubble. <laughs> but... Saturday Night Fever is what made him, you know, iconic. At the end of Boy in the Bubble, spoiler alert, when he goes out of the bubble, heartbreaking. Because he just wanted to live. Don't give it away for people who haven't seen Boy in the Bubble. I said spoiler alert. What's the girl's name that he's kissing there through the bubble? Which is really heartbreaking that he has to kiss her against plastic. That's like a mouth condom. Nasty. That was uh, Glynis O'Connor. Love Glynis O'Connor. She was in a movie called California Dreaming where she showed her tits. And it was a very exciting thing for the world. The world stopped on its axis. Oh, wow. Look at that. See, that's the problem with life. Instead of waiting for it, you now just see it within seconds. And you don't get that buildup that I'm talking about. <laughs> There's a database of nudity right in front of me. That's kind of sad. As great as it is, it's also kind of sad. Like, I remember the days before it, I was on the adult channels. Because if you, if you went from, like, say the channel was like 68, if you go from 68 to 67 and then go back again, that second was as the channel is loading, you'd get like two seconds of actual pornography. And I would do that for about an hour, trying to catch a Anything. porn. <laughs> Just any sort of female body part without clothes on. And then... I would do other things, but I can't talk about that because I'm being clean. By the way, earlier I said uh, pole pot instead of pot pole, and all the complaints are just raining in on me. Basically screaming, you fucked up. What? Pole pot was the dude. Yeah, that's not the point, though. The point is I, I put one name in front of the other. It's like if I call you Stanley Christopher. That could work. Two first names, man. It is the Run and Fez show. We are here on a Thursday, May 2nd. 
Unmasked plays tomorrow. That is the premiere of The Unmasked with special guest, star from MASH, Mr. Alan Alda. That's tomorrow on the Ron and Fez show around 2 o'clock. And then replays on Raw Dog Saturday night at 8 and on this channel on Sunday. Unmasked with Alan Alda tomorrow on the Ron and Fez show. We should go to Rob and ask him if we could call this Unmasked. That would be the fucking great funny thing to do. Now, uh, I heard ONA being upset today with the bosses. And that's, by the way, it's always my favorite thing. But didn't Rob tell us about the uh, change in the platform a while ago? I think he, he mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, also, channel's changing. Yeah, and then I was like, Bob, I hear Carol, you know, doing my thing. <laughs> Because when Rob talks, I try to do this, blah, 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 like, you know, like I'm teasing him. Uh, here's uh, Todd, you're on the Running Fest show. Hey, Ronnie, what's up, buddy? Yeah, good. Um, I hope Anthony made a uh, kind of a big stake about the channel change this morning. You guys moving to 103. What about your opinion on it, or you just don't give a shit? I've never given a shit on anything, <laughs> but ONA against the bosses, I'm on ONA's side. Yeah, no, I think it's horseshit that they would change it over uh, Entertainment Weekly. And it's just, you know, phone you guys around like a sitcom from night to night, you know. You know, the regular listeners, we're going to know where you are, but uh, some guy tuning in every morning and. You know. You're absolutely right. The casual fan, and you know, obviously that's why O and A are upset about it. Is like, it's one of those things that you put the new place at a good location. You're looking to find the non-casual fans coming in to right. check it out. Well, why do you think they shit on you guys? I mean, just you know, your personal opinion. If you want to give it, if not, you know, it's up to you. But well, we're no, horrible we have people. A pretty good ear for this stuff. Yeah. I mean, we are nothing like the people who run the business. You know, as the as a matter of fact, uh, the best person I ever heard describe this, it happened on an un unmasked episode, a very early one, was Patrice O'Neill. And he said, guys that do what we do, we're the back of the bus people, and the the suits are always front of the bus people. And because... In school, the front of the bus people got fucked with by the back of the bus people. This is a payback. This is yeah. a thing. I mean, the fact that you come to work uh, casually in fucking sneakers and jeans or shorts and a t-shirt. In the back of their mind, they secretly hate you. And they hate you forever. Yeah, between your guys' channel and the sports channel, Mad Dog Radio... I mean, all the other channels, you never know when they're on, or you never know when the hosts are on. You guys show up every day. You take one or two vacations, you know, a year. Like, well, that's because hey, we're from... Mad Dog. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. You know, those hosts are usually there all the time. You yeah. know, they're busting their hump. And that's because and all the people that you talked about, uh, you know, the people who came out of talk and the people who came out of sports, came out of radio. Most of the people that work here now don't have a radio background. So it would be like if I was just starting a blog. I certainly wouldn't care about it as much as somebody who came from a journalist background. And that's right. what it's all about. They just don't. There are people here who did not fall in love with radio and aren't committed to radio. 
doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means they come from a different place. And when O and A are in here in the morning, they are pretty much on their own. They come from a place that most of the people who work here don't haven't come from. Now, if like Jen, like whatever Jen, yeah, she didn't come from radio, and her love and hope and dreams are all in TV. This is just a place for her to pass through. So when I try to talk to her about radio, she's like, yeah, but, 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 but really, what I want to do is something else. She wants to be in L.A. I, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to do that type of thing. But it doesn't mean that you're going to have a great deal in common. And one time Jennifer said this, she's like, I don't know how you guys do your show without walking on a treadmill. And I go, well, see, that's the thing. We don't... You know, it, By the way, that lunatic that you had in here yesterday, the one that you're a big fan of. AJ? He thought for sure he was on TV the whole time. Yeah, I know. I know. And he kept asking if he could get the visual of it. He wants, he wants the video. He wants the video of what went down yesterday. That's AJ. You know, he's... He's a creative, artistic type. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> so, he sees things differently than the rest of us. That's, you know, that's how I sees it. Kokomo Joe told me afterwards he was <laughs> weirded out by him, and I was offended. I was like, Joe, I'm sorry that the spotlight wasn't on you for a hot second. Tough luck. Hmm. Uh, what was your African story you were going to tell me? All right, this is terrible. Right, in Mozambique, the country of Mozambique, literally all of the rhinos are dead because um, they were trying to save them. Mm. They were in a uh, sanctuary. But the park rangers in charge of the sanctuary got paid off by the poachers, found all the 15 rhinos in the sanctuary, and killed them all for their horns. So they could sell the horns to China so they could put them in pills that would help with erections. Because the game rangers are broke, they're susceptible to just getting bribed. A ridiculous amount of money, I guess, because these rhino horns are going for big bucks. It's kind of heartbreaking to kill an entire species in a country. There's 15 of them left. Something's got to be done about this. You don't have to worry about anything. I'm going to start cloning these things. Thank God. I always put them in that Texas, that Texas sanctuary that they let people hunt them. I, you've seen Jurassic Park, right? Yeah, oh, plenty of times. I plan on doing the same thing. Okay. Instead of using dinosaurs, small mammals that you can pet. Oh. And I'm going to set it up where it's like a petting zoo, if you will. Those, and one of the animals does attack, and I won't tell the kids which one. I see that. That's going to get you shut down, like your underage bar with topless children. It's, see, the kids, the kids get attacked. The cops, Chris. Come yeah, you've become the whole of the show. Well, I'm just letting you know that I don't want you. To I know. You boys better stop it. What channel are we moving to? Do you know? One o three. I don't even know where that is. One o three. One o three. You better transact game tonight.
How come Jennifer didn't get a job with uh, Entertainment Weekly Radio? Seems right up her alley. You know, I'm going to tell you the truth, and this is the thing that surprises me. I never saw somebody be able to come into this building and manhandle O&A the way that Entertainment Weekly Radio has. I mean, from their staff to what they did to Sam? To take they over treated room? Sam like a fucking bitch. Yeah, if this was prison, he was punked by EW, and now he is being traded around for cigarettes and sexual favors. Until finally he's just going to be found in his own fucking cell. Because he can't take it anymore, because too many terrible things happen to him on a daily basis. Um, Stephanie McMahon says she's still ripped. There's a picture of her on the eye bang. Now, I don't follow the wrestling, as you call it, yeah, with an R, yeah. but she really is ripped. Yeah, she's jacked up. That's how Triple H likes his ladies. He wants them huge. She dates Triple H? I believe she's married to him. I had no idea. Had multiple children with him. No idea. Like three kids. What are their names? Jeff, Apple, and Gus. Three boys. Like, here she is just uh, hitting a sledgehammer, uh, hitting a giant monster truck tire with a sledgehammer. I guess she's going to start training in MMA. All right, she looks like a real doll in this picture. She is. She's gorgeous. <laughs> like, she's she frightening. <laughs> There should be a lonely guy buying a mold of her. Oh. Like, you know, including all the parts. John Stewart's taken off the entire summer. He's given out the dates. But he's not going away or anything. He's going to direct a movie. And Oliver's taken over for him. I guess he's the of the current people. If he was to take someone from staff, Oliver makes sense. Oh, he's the number one go-to guy. Yeah, he's the dude. Normally, you get that job and then you become a star. Oh yeah, their alumni is ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's the best. It actually beats the shit out of Saturday Night Live right now, probably. Yeah, it's just one person after another, just blowing up. And now they're saying they're going to add a third show to that lineup with um, Chris Hardwick, the guy who does talk, uh, The Talking Dead. They're going to edit, give him a half-hour show of Monday to Thursday following Colbert. I was trying to do an mess with him. I don't know why I fell through. I thought he would make a fine unmasked. When are we going to announce the next unmasked that we have? We should announce it Monday. Okay. Monday, a big one. Hmm. Oh, you people are going to love it. Star of stage and screen. Oh, yeah, that's right. And two screens, the big screen and little screen. Yeah. Um, here is uh, Kevin. Hey, buddy. Hey, I heard the sleeper today about them moving the channel to 103. Because it was going to make it easier to find the programs that you like by category. But, the, like, how are they grouping it? Like, ever since Sirius took over, it, the whole platform has gone to garbage. In what way? I mean, oh, just, XM was so, I mean, they play different music now. Every channel plays all the same bullshit that they play on FM. 
I bought a lifetime subscription to XM when it was just XM. I got a letter in the mail telling me that they're no longer going to honor my lifetime subscription that I bought. I mean, it's just a fuck. The only, only reason to keep... Um... I'm XM sorry, no, because yeah. of you guys. Yeah, I don't That's know it. much about that. Um, I could definitely, you know, pass that along to to my bosses for you, though, if you want to send us an email. Um, I, I'd love to. I mean, I just don't know what happened to the whole... I mean, everybody that I know that has XM, because this was shit to begin with, has said the same thing. I mean, it just... And, and how they abuse you... And O and A, it's 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 fucking mind boggling because all the other garbage that's on these channels, like fucking book radio, there is nobody that listens to that shit. Well, I I listen to book radio because my eyes hurt. I like to have somebody read to me. But is it, is there a way? Like I know, like in FM radio, they have to have you know, you know, the sweets period or whatever, so they they have their listeners, you know. Down no. How many people are listening or whatnot? No, we don't have any kind of sweeps thing. But there's no way that they can determine that that my XM ID that's unique to my account that what channel I'm listening to. That I have no idea. They always tell me not to worry about it, and I don't because those are your bosses. In the old, when when I worked in terrestrial. Four times a year, and we was like, oh, boy, I hope the book's good tomorrow. Well, I mean, like, and here's another question I have for you, okay? Sure. I've had a subscription since 2002, and I had to pay for, for O&A when it was on high voltage or whatever the hell that yeah. shit channel was. I still get shit in the mail from Sirius trying to get me to buy a subscription, even though I have a lifetime membership. I mean... It's pretty amazing when you think about it. Uh, yeah, I guess it's because of one company taking over the other. Maybe they've never, uh, you know, figured out who belongs to what. But I'll be glad if you send us an email. Um, I would be glad to forward it on to the bosses. All right, yeah, thanks, buddy. Bye, right, buddy. Uh, here's Jim. Jim, you're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, Ronnie, I just got to give you some congrats and uh, put you up for knighthood. Um, oh, thanks. I don't know how you do it every day. Um, Mr. Stanley has been just sandbagging you from the start. Right. Sandbagging, now really. your, your Jurassic Pet Park is dead. Yeah. He killed all the smoke pants research. Sound like it's just and a where's your umbrella? Where's your umbrella? I don't understand. I mean, the, there's a weird thing going on with Chris. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest about it. Okay. You haven't been funny since you stopped cursing. You haven't gotten a single laugh. And also, you just sit around a bitch about other things I did. Or you try to correct me as if I'm wrong. Or sometimes just repeat back to me what I said. In a, and I hate to use this term, but I got it from Liz. Uh. Pepperkeet. Liz, A, Liz doesn't know what she's talking about. B, if you want to open up a damn bar serving children and having topless seven-year-old girls in it, go right ahead. You're going to you. get arrested. You're going to get arrested. I'm just telling you. I'll just all me these things. All right, fine. Go right ahead. Have a petting zoo and some underage kids doing God knows what, and I'll just sit back and watch. 
as the whole thing goes to hell. Because I don't, want any part, I don't want any part of it. You want to watch the language? Uh, here's our buddy Ezra. I am. You rang. Hey, listen, I I cannot take sterile hicks. It's terrible. I can't, stand <laughs> it. I can't stand it. I know we're only two days in. I can't stand it. Like it's so unfunny. I can't stand it, Ron. I'm. I'm, I, I tried yesterday, Ron. I tried. I was at my. I'm listening and I'm holding on. Like says, I'm. I'm gripping the console. My my lips are pursed. I'm not farting at all. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get through today. I start. I can't stand it. Let Let's end the bit. Everyone lies. We get it. Okay. I can't stand it. Hicks, curse. Call me a cunt. Call me. <laughs> He's right. Hate, Believe me. He's right. Hate, hate my mother. <laughs> you want to rape somebody. You want to destroy the building. You want to abort every child from here till whenever it kicks. Please. Mentioned earlier today. Just, just bust the F, 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 every F in the F and F and ever. Please. I can't do it, Ezra. I can't do it. I ventured into a contract where I'm not Hicks, going to curse for the month of May. Hicks, you're killing me. Hicks, you think it's easy for me, me, Ezra? Oh, bye. Peace. Look, it's just, it's a day and a half in. Well, it's, it's, it takes a lot of time to get used to, everybody. I'll find my sea legs. The old Hicks would have loved my idea about the underage titty bar. <laughs> it's a different world now. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Too bad, because I miss the old world. With, with petting zoos where you're having children. It's a different world that we live in. Having children attacked by animals. Um, I want to get into this thing that Glenn Beck said that guy that God needs to destroy us. It's very funny to me. You know when Jay Moore called today and said about he will attack the atheists. He will light up the atheists. On the over the course of my life, Christians have become the weirdos in this country. And when you hear anyone talking about their faith, it does seem weirder and weirder. Now, the stuff that Glenn Beck is saying here, you used to be able to hear these kind of TV evangelists say it. You don't even hear that much anymore. But let's just play a little bit of it. And I'm going to ask this. This is my central point. Can you talk about faith and can you talk about God today without sounding crazy? I don't know if you can anymore. I think if you honestly sit around and talk about God and your faith you naturally sound like a crazy person today. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Let's take a listen to Mr. Glenn Beck. He has got to destroy us. We are becoming an affront to him in every step of the way. We are denying his existence. We're denying his power. We are slapping him in the face. We are killing his child. 41% of all, of all pregnancies in New York end in abortion now? My gosh! We are standing in line with the enemy. 
We are aiding and abetting Saudi Arabia and these crazy Muslim Brotherhood people who are enslaving the world. When they get their hands on the Middle East, they are enslaving the world. Boy, I don't think he can trust us at all. Please, Lord, remember the faces of those, please, that are trying to do the right thing. Please, dear God, please, dear Lord, forgive us. Please forgive us. Please, please forgive us. See the faces of the people that are good, because there are millions of them. Give us strength to accept the things that must come. Now, you're laughing as if what he is saying, Chris, is just insane to you. All he's asking for is a supernatural being to destroy human life, except for the good people. As he's doing this, as he's praying into the microphone and crying, or at least trying his hardest to make himself cry. So you're one of the people who thinks that people with faith are crazy. I feel when they talk about it, I, 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 I think to myself, this, this, this sounds nuts. Let me just ask you this. Yeah. Do you have faith in anything? Do you have faith in anything? Faith in myself. Why? Oh, that's the on. one thing that's let you down. I want to know why you would have faith at all in yourself. Um, here's Jason in Detroit. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron and Pep. Hey, uh, Ron, I'm a truck driver, and when I'm driving and I stop at these restaurants and all the truck drivers kind of sit by each other because they're probably having quarantined off, and uh, a lot of the truck drivers always talk about their religion under attack. Or they want to take away, you know, this one guy the other day was saying when he went in the Army, everybody got a Bible. And I go, well, maybe not everybody who joins the Army is Catholic, and they all look at me like I'm crazy. Like, like in America, you have to be Christian. You have to be Catholic. And they all feel like they're being under attack, and I just don't see it. I don't understand I mean, I go through my daily life, and nobody ever asked me, what am I? And, you know, you better be this, or you better be that. And I, don't, I just don't understand where all this persecution is coming from. You don't think that the Christians are looked at kind of funny these days? Because I certainly think they are. I certainly think that seeing a guy pray in public has now become, particularly the way Glenn was, so outside the norm that you're like, is he insane? It's almost like if you catch somebody talking to themselves, it almost seems like crazy action because it's it's more and more rare. Um, here's uh, Bunny. Hey, Bunny, what's up? Hey, um, I'm a I'm a Christian, and this guy really teased me in a big way. Um, I think he's a clown. I think he's he's trying to entertain his troops, and it really it pisses me off. And, the, I mean, the Bible says they'll know you're Christians by your love. And I don't see any love coming out of this man's mouth. And it really, I mean, I'm very passionate about this right now. It's like, pisses me off. See, you've made a good point. I see a lot of the Christians telling the other Christians that they're not Christians. I see that constantly. I'm not saying he's not a Christian. I'm saying he thinks he's special. He's not a good Christian. Christian. No, he thinks he's special because he's a Christian, but he's special because God loves him, and God loves all of us. So he thinks he can take that. And where and do you he, get that faith, Bunny, from the Bible? Um, I, I think, 
it, I think it totally, I mean, again, people can call me crazy, mm-hmm. but I think it comes totally from the Holy Spirit. Um, the Bible's a tool, but I think if you come to God, you come to Him because He wants you to, not because you were raised that way, not because you're special and you see what's right. It, it has nothing to do with me. I uh, The one thing that always is interesting to me has, is why anyone would think... Um, that the love thing is so important because it seems like so far in the universe, the only thing that I've ever seen that actually has what we call love is human beings. And I wonder why we would think that this other supreme being would also have that. Love is the most important thing for some reason when it comes down to spirituality. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and I think that 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 thing that's an innate in all human beings, you know, I mean, it that's what comes from God. But that's what you have in human beings, but that doesn't seem to be a, a place in the universe. Efficiency seems to be more important than love anywhere else in the universe. And it seems like we're the only ones who are caught up on love, and we find that to be the most important thing. Well, I, I mean, so I curious think we, to me. You know, we were... We were created to love him, and it's a to me it's a it's a blessing. I mean, as a little girl, I went through a lot of hard stuff when I was a kid, and that's what that was one of the things that got me through. Um, my mom never told me this is how you have to believe, and if you don't believe this way, you're going to hell. You know, it was just it was something I came to. So what what you're saying? is that a sense of faith got you through this really tough childhood? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it gets me through every day. I mean, I think I think if Christians are practicing the way they're supposed to, you look with compassion and love before you look with anger. All right. Thank you, sweetie. Okay. Bye-bye. Now, by the way, when you, see, when you hear her cracking like that, Chris... Yeah. And you see what she's holding on to. Uh-huh. Why would you want to take that from her? Why is that so important in your dark atheist heart to extinguish that? More the one thing, huh? More agnostic. In your dark, filthy, agnostic heart, why is it important for you to take her faith? Because it wasn't her faith that got her through it. She got herself through it. But but holding on to faith, holding on that there would be something better somewhere. She sh- what she should have been holding on to is that she herself was making her situation. She was she was this powerful one. She was the strong one to get through whatever hardship she went through, to whatever terrible things happened. Larry, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hello, Larry. Hey, sorry, guys. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. When I grew up, Ryan, I was kind of like you. Like, you just grew up in a Catholic family. It wasn't... Uh, wasn't some crazy thing. You just, like, went to, you know, church, and, and that was it. And then... Uh, Hey, Steve, how's it going? And then uh, that was it. I never heard about, like, oh, you have to be like this or do this. You're going to go to hell. So, I don't know. I, this Christian right thing just came out of nowhere. I guess it's in the Midwest. I don't Midwest, know. South, the Christian right. Yeah, I think that when you... It's always funny to me when people aren't Catholic and they get weirded out by stuff that I just took for granted and never even gave much thought to. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I guess that is weird. The Stations of the Cross freaked out uh, my girlfriend when she first went to a church. The amount of blood that we have in our... And this number of them and just how how it gets crazy. She was like, what? This looks looks insane. This is in all the churches? That crucifixion is, is much more 
important to the Catholics and the other religions, like putting up the pictures of it and stuff, and focusing on the pain and blood. But when that's brought up to you as a little kid, you just don't pay it. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess that is kind of brutal, isn't it? You know, when people come around and ask about it. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Uh, Mike in Chicago, you're on the Running Fest show. Hey guys, hey Pepper. Um, you know, do you think that uh, the same people that would crucify, so to speak, or, or condemn somebody for praying in public for Christian religion, do you think they'd make the same remarks towards someone who's Muslim who breaks out their prayer rug? I guarantee you'd back the heck off. I don't. Th- I mean, I live in a city where I see people drop their rug on the sidewalk, and I see people walking around them. Um, I think it looks yeah, but strange. Nobody makes fun of them. No one makes fun. Yeah, it looks weird, but nobody makes fun of them. No one says you can't do that in a public place. But they're taking prayer out of school. You know, I just first of all, you're saying they're morality. taking prayer out of schools. There never was prayer in school. Well, they're, they're taking the right for people to pray in school. Yeah, whatever it is, you know. I but but, but hold on, I, I want you to. Code. I, I want you to really go back to that thing, right? And say sure. about the prayer in school is I, I never prayer. What's that? I was going to say, it's okay, so let's not say prayer, because honestly, I never prayed. But they're taking God out of everything. But so, when did we ever have God in school? You never said any kind of prayers in school? No. Uh, if anything, there was a what they called a moment in silence. Uh, you know, I'd been to Catholic schools, and you could pray all day there. By the way, no kids wanted to do that either. <laughs> I mean, when you're a little kid, you really don't want to sit around. And get focused on it. But no, there was no talk of God in public school my entire life. But see, when I was in class, they'd hand us all these snakes, and they'd say, if God's with you, then the snakes won't bite you. And I never got bit. Uh, Being serious, though. pray that I'd never get bitten. That never never really got brought up. And people say that like they're taking prayer out of school. And I, I can never remember in a public school that I went to that we prayed. I do remember the moment of silence, which I used to try to use for a 60-second nap. I was very tired. Um, Lyle, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ron, uh, just was uh, thinking maybe you could bring up to Hicks that, that faith doesn't always tie back in directly with Christianity or one religion or another. Good example is the first half of the big book. Maybe you can tell them a little bit about how that higher power can, can help people through things. Hmm. Um, Hicks does love his drinks. He loves his herb. Yeah. Uh, John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, this John? Yeah. Hey, buddy. Hey, Pepper, I, I, I grew up in a, in a church, but I also grew up, my father was really big into computers, and, and this was back in the early 80s. And so I grew up know, learning how to program computers and seeing what people were able to do with electrons, and I don't know if you saw the video that just came out of the scientists that made a, a like a movie out of molecules. And when you realize, it really for me, it's just the ability to accept that there might be a God or that the, the possibility is there that He exists. Once you once you you know that, once you know that, yeah, it's there is a chance that there's a God out there. Then believing in the the Periphery, I guess, is is a lot more e- easier to to come about. 
So I, 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 I don't know. It's it's really kind of hard to. But you know what's really you. interesting, John? If you look at the atheists, they certainly don't seem to bust on people like you as much as they do organized religions. And when people say uh, about that kind of stuff, they get more weirded out, I think, by organized religions than by the person who just holds on to some sense of spirituality on their own. No, they leave them alone, pretty much. Um, Because they actually, it's such a private thing, you wouldn't know the difference whether... I have that private thought, or I'm closer to you. The hard, like the hardcore, even say, let's say, fundamentalist atheists, right? They, they're the ones that I think are in the middle of God country or whatever, and feel yeah. like God's being pushed on them all the time. So their reaction is, God should be nothing, and that's what turns them into jerks. In my See, opinion. this is what I think the atheists don't understand when they hear, let's say, the Catholic Church being anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they look and they go, oh, there's X amount of Catholics. And they think, so all those people are anti-abortion. And then you talk to Jay Moore today. He's a Catholic. He don't give a fuck about the abortion issue. They don't realize that people can belong to something and still not follow each thing. And you only get that if you were brought up in that. That's why I made that uh, connection. Because from the outside things look a lot more rigid and hard and core than they do from the inside. Ron Bennington Interviews airs this weekend, Sunday night at 10 right here on this channel, and Sunday night at 9 in the East on Indie Channel 104. Brand new episode of Ron Bennington Interviews this weekend. Hmm, nice. I hope Ronnie B. quotes one day gets a, one of these things. That'd be great. Hey, Andy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Good afternoon, guys. Hey, one of the things that uh, Christians get chided for is having a um, proselytizing uh, a relationship with Christ. When I worked on the north side, uh, I was supposed to feed the homeless people in the morning, and all the keys were gone. The guy took the keys, and everything that I needed to cook breakfast was locked up. It was, you know, I couldn't get at it. And I had kind of prayed, what do I do, Lord? I need to feed all these people. And I've got no keys. Everything's locked up. And the Holy Spirit told me to use the key that I have in my hand. It was my own personal keys, but I used the master lock key from a lock at my house. Both locks that locked up all the food unlocked using that key. And later in the afternoon, when the dude came in with the keys, because he took them home with him, I tried it again, and it didn't work. Um, and I feel stuff like that only comes about when you have a personal relationship uh, through Christ. Now, Andy, in your opinion, a miracle took place. I believe it did. Uh, you asked for help with a problem. You went on to to God, and he opened those doors using a key that shouldn't even open that. Exactly. And I knew it was a silly... I knew it was kind of uh, dumb to even try, but I was just crazy enough to try it. Do you do things like that in your life a lot? Do you say, Lord, help me with this thing? It might seem small, but help me with it. I I do. I do. And there's a verse in the Bible that says, um, I know my sheep and my sheep know my voice. And when I hear that, regardless of what it is, I've picked up hitchhikers, uh, which people never do. I've done it. I've given people rides. 
uh, rarely ever share the gospel with them, rarely ever preach at them, but just as a kindness, I'll pick them up because I know they need help. Um, when I hear that voice, um, I try my best to, to, to listen and obey. Now, Chris, what would a person like you, a dark-hearted uh, agnostic like you, say about his key story? Um, possibly hallucination. Possibly it was never locked. Possibly it was... Actually, probably just human error is what happened. But he takes a key yeah. to a door... That it's not even, first of all, who would he, I would be afraid to stick a key that doesn't belong to a case that got stuck. And mm-hmm. I have even more trouble. Yeah. He did this thing of taking a key that doesn't belong to that door and opening it. I mean, Houdini couldn't pull off that trick. Because it wasn't a trick. The door was pre- probably open already. This is, this guy is just taking error and attributing it to God. The omnipotent being that controls the universe or created the universe was worried about a door that you were standing in front of. That sounds crazy. Yes, yes because we are commanded, as Christian, I'm not saying you, but we are commanded. Yeah. Jesus said, when you do it to the least of these, when you feed the homeless, when you do it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So he is concerned about whether homeless people eat. He's concerned about a person in jail um, uh, being visited or being clothed. They should be a lot more concerned because there's a lot of people that are, are suffering through all of that that have seen no help in sight. They're seeing help. There's Andy. <laughs> more of the more than just Andy needed. But that's how things happen one at a time. It's, you're, you're yelling at Andy as if here's one, here's a person who's actually going out there making change, mm-hmm. and you're yelling at him how big the problem is. But he's part of the solution. The solution of just a, of, of saying that God helped me open this door. Uh, what I'm trying to tell you, Andy's going out there feeding people. That's a good thing. And, and then he's telling you, here's something I couldn't feed people because I didn't have the keys, and I called on this miracle. Some people would consider it a minor miracle, but a miracle would be a miracle. You're yelling back at him as if somehow he, the problem is too big, but he's part of the solution. He's doing good work, but it's not because of God that's it's happening here. But he's telling you that's the reason why he does it. It is, it is because of God, because without the Holy Spirit, I would be like you, as selfish and as hard-hearted oh. as anybody else out there. If we don't do it, who else will? I'm not selfish. All right, thanks, Andy. Thank you, brother. Bye. Bye, Andy. Um, Snowy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, love you guys. Love the show. Yeah. Um, I am getting... Uh, the earlier guy talked about them taking prayer out of school. I am so sick of that argument. First off, a, a kid can either pray before they go to school, or B, when I was in school, there were a lot of points of the day where you could be with yourself and make a quiet prayer to yourself at any time. At no point is a teacher going to stop a guy smacking kids. Hey, you can't be praying in this time. You're supposed to be doing this, that, or the other. There's lots of times in the course of the day you can pray quietly to yourself. Yeah, I think what they want is all the kids praying together the same prayer. When not yeah. even all Christians believe in the same kind of Christianity. That's why that I would mean, be such a clusterfuck. Exactly. Just because they don't stop everything in the course of the day, so, okay, everybody pray, that's not them trying to take prayer out of school. You can pray at any point in the day. Mm. The weird thing is nobody wants more prayer at work. You know what I mean? Like they, they're never like, well, we ought to get the prayer into work. It's the same weird thing about the pledge allegiance. They don't make you say the pledge allegiance at work. They do when you're little in school. 
I don't even think they even do the pledge in high school. I don't think I had to. Although, this is going to shock you. I tried to skip my homeroom and just show up late. We only had I need a little extra time to sleep. We only had homeroom three times a year in my high school. It was weird. I, I just go to your regular classes the rest of the time. Homeroom's a fucking ridiculous premise. Because it's not even a class. It's 15 minutes to take attendance. Why do you take attendance each class? That's what they did in my school. Every time. I was getting my name called. Um, All day long. My lean is for no on that. Okay. Who's got it, though? Spence dog. Uh, I like to do it on mass sometime. Okay. But it's not like I'm an over, you know. Okay. I'll pass the word along. Yeah. Do me even more of a favor and pass the gas. I I have to go into the Pips room to to, to pass the gas. Oh, uh, that's you only going to fart on Pips. Well, and the interns. Nice. Well, yeah, I, I don't want to desecrate this room. With your ass. Yeah. Well, if a guest comes in. Spencer in Florida, you're on the Run of Fez show. How you doing? Yeah. First of all, I, I grew up in the South and, and, you know, around a lot of religious people. And I can remember the first time I saw somebody pray in public at a McDonald's. Huh. And it was weird. It was weird. But, and I'm 37 years old. I mean, yeah. you know, it was weird when I was nine. So, and, and, and you're right, taking... Prayer. There was there was never prayer in school. I mean, you're, you're taking the commandments off the wall that nobody read anyway. And I didn't even have the commandments up in my uh, school. I think I had them up in my elementary school. That's it. But listen, I I, I grew up not really. I wasn't taken to church that often, and, and I got to a point where I didn't believe in God. And I would. I actually bought a book. It's called the book, and it translates the Bible into everyday speak. And I wanted to read it so that I could have ammunition against people who believed in it. Mm -hmm. That's how staunchly against God I was. And now, but I've actually had a set of circumstances where I, I actually do believe in God. And listen, the way we explain and just listening to these people talk about it, it sounds so stupid. I used to have the problem saying the word God because you say it, and it brings up all these religious connotations and people saying things like we're commanded nobody commands me to do anything <laughs> you know anybody with a brain i could do anything i want right now I, you know nobody's commanding me to do anything and then the other problem that, that i see all the time all when i hear these discussions and people say things like oh god is love or god wants me to do this or you know everything that we use that, that people use to describe god they attach human elements to to something that you can't understand and nobody can understand. You know, wanting, loving, those are all those are all cute. I mean, we're, we're so, you know, and and even just it, it's a struggle to talk about because you know we're we're limited to the English language for God's sakes. You know, I mean, it's it's just something. I like that, that you said for God's sakes. That actually helps. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you. Uh, you are right. Like people are acting like I want answers. We don't, you know, about some heavenly force. But there's so many things in just basic science that our little pea brains can't work out the answers for. I mean, how many people can really sit down and try to understand some of the string theory things? You know, we really don't understand what time is, what it actually is. 
Like, why is there a difference between today and five years ago? And what happens to make things just, instead of just being, you know, time is what puts the universe into action. Yeah. Or else things would just be. Wherever they were, that would be it. That seems like a reasonable way for things to be. Just existing? Yeah, just existing. But this whole thing of movement through time, and I still can't really understand what it is. Um, here is Mike. Mike, you're on the Run of Fed show. Yeah, I've always thought for a long time now that Glenn Beck is a bit of a weak-minded DJ. But the, the thing that got me a little bit more riled up this morning, well, not riled up, but it makes me shake my head a little bit, is when I hear Jay Moore talking about becoming a Catholic. I think so much of Jay and his wit, and he's such a clever guy, and I just find it brings him down a little notch in my book to think that he believes in the same basic thing that Glenn Beck believes in. He, he may display it a, a bit differently, but as, in essence, he believes the same thing that Glenn Beck does, just that Glenn Beck wears it on his sleeve a little bit more. And I really like Jay, but I kind of find him to be, uh, I don't know, anybody that believes, uh, I guess I think them to be a little bit naive, the same way I feel about a Scientologist or, you know, a Muslim for that matter. You know, I got a Scientologist book sent to me in the mail yesterday. Everybody in my building did. And some people just tried to leave it down in the lobby as if, like, this belongs in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go over there, there's about 10 goddamn Scientology books. Was it like Dianetics? It wasn't Dianetics. It was like, uh, you know, something that was probably just written to bring people in, kind of more of a pamphlet, but in book form. I really didn't give it a read. Um, uh, but here's one thing, Mike. It surprises me to hear you say, oh, I'm a big fan of Jay. I really like him. But because he has a certain spiritual belief, he drops down a little bit in my book. I, I know, and, and, it, and it, it kind of pains me to say that. And I think it, it, one, of my, one of my little beliefs I have is that you should never meet the famous people that you really admire because you might be really let down if you had a, a discussion with them. And, and I mean, it, it wouldn't make any difference to me if I had a chance to see Jay live. I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn it down because he happens to believe in something that I... I, I, I feel it's inconsequential. If he believes in God, well, big fucking deal. It, it makes no difference in my life. But to me, it just it makes me feel like he's a little less critical of a thinker than I am. And I'm no genius, that's for fucking sure. And I didn't think all this shit up on my own. I, I just have to be extremely skeptical about you know, religious beliefs in general. And, and whether Jay believes it or not, like I said, it makes no difference to me. It just... It does bother me a bit. Well, let, let, let's look at this. Would you have a problem if it was the Catholic, like the business part of the Catholic religion, the fact that they go out and they do feed people and clothe people and take medicine? Do you think that the Catholic religion does some positive things? Uh, absolutely. I think, and I think a lot of those evangelical uh, churches have, have really good attributes to them, too. I have family members that are, are really heavily evangelical and they do lots of good work and it's very that to me i've always i've had that discussion with friends where i say you know why in the fuck can't people like us that that have these uh kind of atheistic beliefs why, why are we doing anything fucking good out there like what's stopping us from doing the same types of things that these christian organizations and the catholic church is a very good example of, of a church that does 
incredible good in the world, yet, yet you know, they have this whole uh, dogma that I, I think is silly. So, yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, for me... Well, it's, I, it's see, fun. here's the thing. I think they've got the drive down that a lot of people do those things, not because they're good people, but because they're getting a chit that they're going to be able to cash in later with the Lord. That the and thing that, that keeps yeah. them out doing raising money or sending things is because they it's almost oddly selfish like this is going to pay off down the road yeah it's it's like it's like the old pendulum thing where where the people say well if i wasn't christian what's stopping me from going out and raping people well don't rape somebody because you're a good fucking person like you know or, or beat them homeless people because you're a good fucking person don't do it because you're scared of going to hell and burning for eternity you know and that is a frustrating you know, kind of paradox. But. Uh, but you do have to admit it kind of worked in a lot of ways early on to keep the biggest people from raping and killing. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah, and it keeps a lot of fucking people scared, uh, you know, scared to do little... You know, a lot of people would have stepped away the fuck out of line hundreds of years ago, uh, you know, if, if they weren't scared of... of eternal damnation and people you know that a lot of people today would be stepping way the fuck out of line if they weren't scared of damnation (laughs) but you know there's also another thing that happens and uh that sometimes the human experience still can leave you feeling very empty uh you can achieve your goals you can get the biggest house you can get the best coke uh, terrific women to bang, and then you have that fucking Scarface moment where you're just staring out the window and you're empty. You're empty. And I think that drives people into finding out what else is there. Here is uh, Atheist who wants to shine a little light on us. It's Jeff. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, Ron. Hey, it's Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Good. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that being an atheist, all that really means is I don't believe crazy things without evidence. If you come at me and you say something like, um, unicorns are real, I'll say, okay, well, where's, where's your evidence? Well, you say, I don't have any. I have faith. Well, I don't believe you then. Just give me some evidence for it, and I'll believe you. And, and so when, when Hicks earlier was like, fundamentalist atheist, but there's no such thing. Really? Doesn't make any sense. There's not more hardcore atheists than there are others. There are some atheists that will throw in your face all day long. And if you go on, say, like a, the atheism subreddit, uh, uh, subreddit on Reddit, it's one of the most annoying, frustrating things to read. Even if you don't believe in God, it will make you hate other atheists because they're being so obnoxious. So there are different, there are different degrees of people who believe in, in atheism? No, no. No, people can be more obnoxious and not about it, but, but there's no, you just said belief in atheism. That doesn't make any sense. There's no such thing as belief. We are saying that if, there's, if, you're, if you have an extraordinary claim, then give us evidence. If you don't have evidence, then I can't believe your claim. All right, so let me play with this. It's one thing to be anti-religion. But disproving the Bible, I think you would agree, doesn't disprove, let's say, intelligent design. Correct. Uh, not disproving Bible, but intelligent design, there's no evidence for that. No, but what I'm trying to say is because you disprove the Bible doesn't prove that there isn't some kind of supreme being or supreme okay, but, organization okay. to the universe. Uh, uh, 
I don't believe that. Now, here, here's the thing. I think, you know, there's two levels of religion. There's you know, the one particular, what the Bible says, and then there's, well, what about just a God in general? Well, there's no evidence in either one, I would say. Now, if, if you don't mind for a second, what I would say, too, is um, the reason why atheists get so angry is because there's so many problems in this world with global warming, with people not having food or places to live or, or whatever, and we see that one of the biggest obstacles is religion. You know, it's, it's religion that's starting wars and fighting people and telling people what to do. You know, we should have, um, when people, you know, when we have elections, we should vote for the person who says, we, we want to give the most funding to science. Instead, we vote for the person who says, I want to put prayer in school. That's a problem. Yeah, but I think that we're talking about two different things, but I appreciate you calling, Jeff. And I do think that the thing that he that happens is the fact that you hate so many organized religious people. Um, but it it does take away the fact that you are at this point that, no, there's no scientific proof that there's a God. But you would also have to agree that there's no scientific proof that there isn't a God. That we are not at the point where we can call the game yet. Now, can you be okay with that? That's the fucking thing. Can you have faith in the fact that there are no definitive answers? That's what, that's what, all right, so that guy's like, that's what a, I'd still gonna call him a fundamentalist atheist, atheist would say. They would say, they were, or they would just believe, that, no, there is no other being besides what science can prove, and that's it. That's, and that's, that's their problem, that they just, they just lose it. Well, why do you see it as a problem? What, do you, what is your anger with atheists? I just, I just, I, I read what guys post, and it just seems, I can't understand how bad they, that they, that they have it. Okay, but let's put it this way. Because you see one guy's annoying post, why do you think he represents everyone else? I don't think it represents everyone else, but I think it represents a portion of the of the of well, uh, what portion of are we talking? I'd say fifteen percent. And you're basing that on nothing. So there would be no reason even to bring up the fifteen percent. Who cares about them? The next guest on MS will be announced this coming Monday on the Ron and Fez show. Also, you can check out the interrobang.com and Unmasked show on Twitter to find out who the next guest on Unmasked will be when that's announced on this coming Monday. That's not even a proclamation that he's making. That was just based on a conversation you and I had a half an hour ago. He, he called an audible. I know, but the point is... <laughs> Coming soon, we're going to tell you what's coming soon. There's, there's no reason to do a promo for that. That's like a teaser trailer. Okay, but it's a teaser trailer to tell you a trailer's coming. <laughs> I'll tell everybody who it is right now, and then they can put in their thing on Monday. It's on Monday. Um, let's go over to Mike. Mike, you're on the Run Fed show. Hey, Ron, I think that you're, I, I mean, I think you're misstating things a little bit. You know, you're saying that there's no proof that there is God, there's no proof there isn't God. Actually, I think, you know, you're, you're not giving enough credit to science here. There, there is a really strong scientific argument that there is no God. 
I mean, if you if you go and look at what scientists piece together, we basically have almost everything that there is right now from beginning to end. I mean, we're we're unlocking the mysteries of the universe on an almost daily basis at this point. You know, they they're just proving right. Many of the predictions that the standard model made about 40 years ago with the Large Hadron Collider. I mean, this is this is a very very clear picture of a universe without a god that we have right now. You know, and you're you're going to say something like, "Oh, well, what happened before the Big Bang?" That's not really the question that's worth asking because it's not even. I mean, science will tell you itself that we cannot possibly know what happened before the Big Bang. But see, there, there is, <laughs> there's the fucking point that you're making. You're wrong, going to tell me whether. Let me explain. There's, yeah. there's an event horizon, okay? Inside, it's the big before and after the Big Bang is the same thing as before and after a black hole. There's an event horizon, and beyond that point, the physics is completely different. Okay, it's a, it's a you can call it a different universe. You can call it another universe. I find that so mind fucking that I could spend the rest of my life talking about that. And the fact is, I I don't think that I'm being negative about science by acting like you can still keep on asking questions. Matter of fact, we I got Alan Alda is going to be on the MS tomorrow, and he has done um, shows on PBS for years, different shows, where he talks to scientists. I wish that some religious people would watch some of those shows just to fall into the holy shit. I mean, when it really comes to miracles, I'm much more moved by scientific stuff than I am stories in any anybody's mythology. There's still stuff that um, I look at with science, like how in the world could that happen? I just saw something, the other thing about this certain flower. And maybe somebody that, that understands science can understand could explain this to me. Alright, there's this certain flower that actually over time learn to change colors to bring more insects to it, right? Mm-hmm. To pollinate, blah, blah, blah. Now, you're saying okay to that. Like, it's not just mind-blowing. But that flower had to somehow figure out what that insect wanted. And that also means that that insect sees color, that color exists in its fucking model of the world, mm-hmm. and it likes one color more than another. Now, you take that one small thing, and personally, I think that you could end up talking about that for the rest of your life without ever moving on to anything else in the universe and still not figure out, hey, does one insect prefer another color, one color over another, and... How the fuck does a flower know to change color, what color to change to, and then how does it color, how does it change? Isn't that some kind of intelligence? It would have to be through evolution or knowing to evolve. Yeah, but it's the knowing that's weird. It's not just evolving, but it's wanting to be something different. Because it works out that way. How would a plant know? 
I can keep on existing. And by the way, not you keep on existing, but your species, after you're gone, keeps on existing if you keep moving a little bit in another direction. Um, here's um, here's Tony. You're on the Run of show. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I agree with you, and I disagree with some of these guys that are looking for scientific proof. Uh, one of the, the previous callers, Jeff, said, we've got bigger problems like global warming, and there's enough scientific information out there right now that says sci- uh, global warming is just a natural cyclic event. All right, but, I, but, but, but just stop when it comes to that, right? Even if that's true, we have to do something about it. Do you understand that? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree that we do have some kind of effect on the environment, but I don't think that we're smart enough at this point to understand how the universe was created. Uh, But you're talking about two different things. When you get back, a lot of people attack scientists on the global warming. We saw what happened last year, that these summers start to get more and more ragged, worse things, and we've got more people out there being affected by it, we certainly have got to figure out some ways to live other than the ways that we are and stay on this planet safely. Um, here's Kevin. Karen. Let's go to Karen. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Um, yeah. This is such an interesting discussion, but what really kills me is the arrogance of these people that think they know one way or another. It's just complete hubris to say that what's been debated for thousands of years, all these philosophers, all these psychologists, that somebody knows the mind of God or what's going on, or like you could say definitively one way or another. And I went to a Catholic high school. I went to a Catholic college, and what always made the most sense to me was, um, it was called Pascal's Wager, and it was like, we don't know if there's a God or not, but they're on the side of caution, and, you know, live a good life in case there is one. But you think that would matter to a God that the only reason why you lived a good life is because you wanted to get a benefit out of it? But we don't know. We don't know. That's the thing. But what would you make? What would you make that person think that that would impress God? That almost seems ridiculous to me. That you would go. You know what? I don't want to get in any trouble, so I'll do something. I wouldn't be overly impressed by. Like I can't stand personally if I bring up some stuff and people make the the change that second, but don't. You know, then go back to their regular things tomorrow. So I'll be like, oh, we didn't have that thing. And everyone will go running down the hall to get it. Mm-hmm. That drives me nuts. Because I see that there's no thought that takes place. That they just are afraid of trouble. That's why I like a person like Pips. He'll stab you in the back. But he'll also stab you in the front. And that's important to me. Pips, I'm raising this glass to you right now. Pips, do not stab anyone. Pips, what's the matter with Pips today? His stomach. Pips, oh. <laughs> That's all he's known for, by the way. 
I mean, you take a look at Matty Ice. If there's really a God, would he actually make someone that tall and gargantuan? Or wouldn't he have a better heart than that? Or at least give him the sense to play some ball. Just plant that seed in his brain. Instead, nothing. If you were God, what's one move that you know that you would make differently than what God does? I would um, I would get rid of the sun and just make it night all the time. We'd freeze to death. Well, no, but since I'm God, I'd be able to just make sure, hey, don't but worry about it. And how would you do that, though? You know, this is what you, you would have to, this is what religious people don't get. When God would work, it would be by science, because that's who would have made science. Okay. Okay, so God doesn't do anything outside of the God. Science is God's language. All right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's why everything works in on Earth, right? Yeah. He set it up. If I was God, I'd probably make more cancer babies. <laughs> why? Spite. Why would you spite children with cancer? Again, you're attacking. Yeah. Because why can't the- you ever have a fucking? Uh, if if you want to have more cancer babies when you're God, go right ahead. But there's gonna be a lot of sad people out there, me included. Uh, Patrick, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, yeah. Hey, real quick, I wanted to address that the guy who called in about global warming. Before I make my point, uh, when when people start saying that it's a natural cycle and we have a small effect. I really get annoyed with that because you look at like a country like China, they're and they're—I mean—they have uh, uh, like poisonous clouds of po- uh, pollution going through the country, and not to mention the fact that we have been able to create bombs that we could probably, if we really wanted to, we could probably blow this planet up with the amount of uh, atomic bombs we had. Um, so, and then going on to my next point, uh, I think a lot of atheists out there. Um, are really agnostic, but they just don't realize it. And not there's nothing against how whether they're intelligent or not. I think that when you ask somebody to believe in what we define as God, an intelligent, omnipotent thing, I think that that you know that kind of alienates a lot of people that just myself included feel like, listen, I don't believe in any of this this stuff, but. Right. Uh, I do believe that there has to have been some sort of catalyst. Even the people that theorize that time is circular and where there is no beginning yet. Well, something something had to have started it all. Whether it intended to or has intelligent designs, I have no idea. I doubt it, but I do believe that there is something that is the catalyst to all of this. I think the, the, the real mindfuck is that there's something, right? At all, right. instead of nothing, exactly. and that something keeps changing. That right. is that is the entire thing that keeps us all busy and happy and sad right. and scared. And I think if you speak to a lot of atheists and you really boil it down to that, I think they'll concede that they. I don't think any rational human mind could then sit there, look at that, and go, "Nope, nothing. It's nothing." I don't think it's anything. Right, but you're Science saying, yeah, the initial place to stand, uh, you've got it down to bring atheists and religious people together is just to say this is something. Right. This is something. Right, and, I agree. And then going by the accent, you could actually say, 
by emphasis, this is something. Because it is. It's awful not to at least agree on that. Uh, John in Mobile wants to uh, help me here. Go ahead, John. Hey, Ron. You, you got the flower thing backwards as, as far as the flower knowing what the insect wants. What happens is the flowers are in different colors, and the insect that, that is attracted to, like, the red flower more than the white flower pollinates that flower more, so then you end up with more red flowers. No, in the case of this, and and I'm not, uh, I'm surely I'm not being an expert on it, and I got this watching some of the Alan Alda stuff, is let's just say this white flower over the course of time became red to attract more bugs to it. That was, and, and by the way, I don't know the reason. All This is in a TV documentary type scientific show. So I would even be open to the fact that I'm wrong about that. But the thing that got to me, or I wouldn't brought it up, because I could see natural selection, red going over, but who even knew that an insect had a flower uh, or a color preference? I wouldn't have thought that would have driven them. They just want to survive. They just they take what they can get. It's an insect. Oh, it's amazing how many, how many times that you'll just miss <laughs> what I'm talking about. Just I'm the worst. No, you're not the worst. <laughs> I'm retarded. That, that I will agree with. But like, here's the thing. You're also listening to someone who's feeling the same way. Um, by the way, um, we're talking about great weather here. There are floods going on in Miami, and I've never seen this kind of storming before in Florida where 10 inches can drop like this. Just 10 inches of water just drops out of the sky. They should evacuate. Well, they're not even all that high above sea level to begin with. Um, here's Joe. Joe, you're on the Run of Fez show. Joe. Once, twice. Hey, wait a minute. This, uh, it's John. Okay, go ahead, John. Yeah, I'll call you um, just John. I know, I know we're two days in, Ronnie, I understand that, but I'm sick to fucking death of unprofaned pepper and announcer fez. Sick to death of it. Let but, the guy cuss, for God's sake. He's not the same guy. Well, here's the thing. The reason why both of them did this is that people weren't happy with them in their other roles. But no, I disagree totally. I think that I think that I miss Fez's voice. I honestly, I miss him too. I don't. I don't get announcer Fez at all. But some things of he had reached a point of fighting with listeners that it was breaking him, and even because of some of the things he said, listeners were organizing against him. Blah blah blah. Um, certainly saying and writing things 
that he felt were incredibly hurtful. He went over and asked the people at the IBANG to make a couple changes. You can't get to a point where whatever people do, then when they try to change, then you're also upset with them. Pepper, you've taken this massive amounts of people complaining about the uh, the amount that you cursed, and you wanted to prove that you could do this without cursing. That's right. And they're going, oh, too many F-bombs. Oh, my God. He's an idiot. He can't express himself. He's stupid. He doesn't know how to use the English language. But you're proving even this second how clawless you become without your profanity. The profanity was your sword. It was. It is. But, listen, I'm two days in. We gotta let this thing build a little bit here. I don't know if we do or we make the decision. This <laughs> game, uh, curse-free sea legs underneath me. That's all. I know it takes a lot to gain used to. Oh, no, there is a change. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm so scared of change. No one, he's not cursing anymore. I got a new change I want to make. What's that? Pips eating hot sauce every morning. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> I'll get a sir fill with a syringe and shove it in his neck. <laughs> Plenty to check out on the iBank viral page today on the interrobang.com, including the follow-up to Little Dicky's ex-boyfriend. His new song is up and playing on the iBank viral page. I didn't even make it that far into it. Why were you put out a second song so fast after your first song? Bad, bad, bad news with Lil. I don't even, can I even say that word? So this is, it's kind yeah. Of, uh, bad news for Lil Dicky. You're out. That's, you've that's already, his name. You've already proven that you can't go. No, I proved it. It's, it's Little Richard. It would be his full name. Um, Keith, you're on the Run Fest show. Did you say Keith? Yeah. Hey Ronnie, I, I, we had a conversation uh, a couple couple years ago about time, and I try to I try to use a a football analogy, which I, I really couldn't I couldn't explain. But I, here's my concept of time, and I and I said to you that and a lot of people say that time happens all at once, and I think you even kind of talked about that um, today. Let me give you a, a better analogy. Let's say that you know you were on one side of a fence, a wooden fence, and there's a a knot hole through it. So you're looking to the knot hole looking at a focused um, perspective. And let's say there's a deer on the other side of that fence that represents time, you know, time all at once, everything happening at once. And then the deer starts walking by your point of reference. You see the deer's nose, and then, you, you know, as it's passing through, you see its nose, then its eyes, its ears, neck, and so on and so forth until you reach the end of its tail. So basically what you saw was the entire deer from a moment-by-moment -moment perspective, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, I kind of, uh, get that, but I also kind of don't. At first I thought he said there was a beer on the other side of the fence, and I was like, where's this guy going? Mm. Delicious. What would be delicious? Mark, you're on the run of Fest show. I actually started to check out while he was talking. <laughs> I did. I have to admit that. I felt like I was in school for a second. Mark, Kentucky. Hey, Ron, I got to pick up a book a couple of years ago called The Greatest Show on Earth by Richard Dawkins, and it's full of those uh, those instances in nature where uh, natural selection has occurred and, and over millions of years how things have adapted. Uh, 
But I, and I don't know if you picked it up or read it or heard of it, but it's awesome. Well, no, I, I know Dawkins is, but I haven't read this book. And I was just thinking this would make a wonderful present to me. This, uh, it, 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 it keeps the religion pretty much out of the, the book, and it just talks... Well, he's not religious, he's an atheist. Yeah, 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 and it keeps, the, uh, it keeps that part out of it, and it's just a straight textbook on evolution. Uh, the other thing, I, if you if I got a, if you got a minute, uh, mm -hmm. the other thing I want to touch on is the, the GMO, the genetically modified organism um, component, and the fact that a lot of people don't understand that those, those genes exist in nature... It's just through agriculture and genetic modification now, we don't have to wait for a million, you know, a million years, hundreds of thousands of years to, to get the product of, uh, of that natural selection. So, you know, and it, in that book, it talks about um, the fact that the, an organism's only desire is to create itself. So, Is to, to create itself or recreate itself? Create, just to reproduce. Just basically. to keep going. That's all yeah, yeah. any of us care about. Any species on the planet. And yeah. yet, at the same time, you will read those things where 99% of things that have ever existed on this planet are gone now. And we talk about the fact that somehow, you know, you're bringing back the rhinos and you're blaming uh, humans. Yeah. But long before humans things would be extinct that part of the process is it stops existing entirely but it just frightens when i jump into that it just seems like <laughs> come on someone's thinking and talking it's all uh, i'm gonna take one more call and then we get back and you want to talk kentucky derby with me right yeah i'm gonna take one more call though, chris all right i mean i, I i'm going to God, heaven, hell, time itself, evolution, destructions of species. But then I want to break from that and talk about betting on the Kentucky Derby. That's what's up. Because everything matters, at least on the Ron and Fez show. Um, Matt, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. Um, my job. I did, a, I did a project in college a while back trying to disprove that there was a God and uh, did a little bit of research on it and really ended up getting an F on the project, but um, um, came to the conclusion that religion was really created, number one, as a way to explain the unexplainable. Um, and then once science kind of got into it and we realized that there was an explanation, a natural explanation for things, um, the, the people in power uses that as a way to keep people under their thumb. Um, and then we bring it to today. Well, how do you, how do you then figure out that sometimes God will help you use the wrong key to open up a lock? Well, see, that's the thing that I think is just the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, and that guy actually ended up saying something about, uh, I think it was Pepper was is just a selfish guy and, yeah. um, you know, it does everything for himself. It's true. <laughs> Isn't that what we all do, though? I mean, really, when you look at it, the reason we're trying to, quote-unquote, please a God is to get a better spot in heaven for us. Yeah, there's and no doubt that, you know, but the weird thing is if that can work to help other people, why, you know, what's so wrong about it? All right, let me break here. Uh, when I come back, Pepper is going to 
Give us a five on the Kentucky Derby. Which which is it? Uh, five fantastic Kentucky Derby finishes. Some of the greatest Kentucky Derby finishes of all time. And we got five of them. Here's the weird thing. Every Kentucky Derby has a finish since the beginning of time. Some are better than others. Do you think that they're nervous after Boston Marathon? It's uh, almost like any event comes up now and it's nerve-wracking. Yeah, they said no coolers, no backpacks, no, they, no one can bring anything in. I'm bringing a cooler and a backpack. You're, you're going to get stopped. They're going to take it away from you. It's just how it is. I'm willing to open it up and show them I just got ice and beer. They won't, they don't and my it. backpack is some prep work I'm doing for some interviews. I just heard on one of the Fez Live reads that we're going to be announcing another Unmasked. Yeah. Is Zito taking care of that other thing first? Uh, believe so. It's the believe that has Oh, been yes, 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 yes. Excuse me, yes. Yes, he is. You just didn't know what I was talking about? I thought I did, but then I totally remembered. Okay. Yes, yes. Break. Derby. Ron and Fez. You're enjoying the Ron and Fez show on Sirius XM's Opie and Anthony channel. More in moments. Get in on this deal now from Sherry's Berries. Delicious, full, plump, juicy strawberries dipped in all kinds of rich milk and dark and white chocolate for Mother's Day, because this deal, it ends tomorrow. And here's what it is. It's Sherry's Berries, and what you can get now is a special one-day offer. You have 24 hours here. One-day offer from Sherry's Berries, where you can spoil your mom with twice the delicious berries and classic flowers. Send mom a beautiful bouquet of flowers, and on the very next day, have the freshly dipped strawberries from Sherry's Berries delivered from for just thirty nine ninety nine, that's just thirty nine ninety nine. You get the double whammy there: flowers on one day and delicious chocolate covered strawberries the next. Just thirty nine ninety nine. Here's the only way to get this great Mother's Day ge- deal: you can call one eight six six fruit zero two. That's one eight six six fruit zero two. Or go to berries.com, that's B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com, and click on the microphone icon in the upper right-hand corner, type in the word Fez, and you're locked into this great deal, strawberries and flowers for just thirty nine ninety nine. Go to berries.com or call 866-FRUIT-02 today. This is a one-day offer from berries.com. DollarShaveClub.com You want a great shave and you don't want to run out of razors. You don't want to be sitting there face covered in shaving cream and nowhere to go because you've got an old rusty razor sitting there and you weren't prepared. Dollar Shave Club gets you prepared for a good clean shave each and every day by making sure you have plenty of razors. Dollar Shave Club, you can go to the website dollarshaveclub.com, pick out the package you're looking for, and for just a few bucks a month, have great quality razors mailed to you each and every month so that you never run out again. And you're also going to save plenty of cash with the Dollar Shave Club by not having to run out and buy name brand razors that have all the extras that you don't want. It's dollarshaveclub.com. Just a couple bucks a month, and they deliver amazing quality razor blades right to your door. dollarshaveclub.com. Get a great shave and keep your cash at dollarshaveclub.com. That's dollarshaveclub.com. 
It's the Ryan Faye Show. Artist of the Day. Queens of Stone Age. Which I found out is not actually true. That they're not Queens or from Stone Age. No, they're of this time. They're not time travelers. Hey, did you see that there was some weird shit where they found some bodies buried at Stonehenge? Yeah. And they found out that's been like a graveyard for like 10,000 years? That's the big mystery of Stonehenge. It's a graveyard. They thought maybe it had to deal with space or aliens. Or, you know, people throw those <laughs> things out there all the time. Just a graveyard. That's all. Those were giant gravestones. Yeah, but a 10,000-year-old graveyard is pretty fucking weird, dude. They kept being used that way throughout all this time. I'm sure there were weird pagan orgies there, too. Why are they got to be weird? Why can't it be just a nice, organized pagan orgy? I'm talking about, like, pouring goat's blood. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe being with the goat within the orgy. Why judge that as weird is all I'm asking. Uh, it's a big Iron Man weekend. I've seen Iron Man. And I found out something that I know something that most... I, I'm gonna. Be, I'm not going to bring it up till Monday because I'm going to see how comic book fans like it. Oh. But some of the things, I guess, is not... It's a little untraditional in this. But since I don't know all that much about Iron Man, it didn't seem so weird to me. So the hardcores, the fanboys... I'll be just interested in what they have to say. I wouldn't, I wouldn't guess to say. Uh, Andy in Cleveland wants to talk a little bit about Iron Man. Hey, guys. Uh, if you don't mind, I got a friend of mine who has a comic shop that he's trying to unload. We got 30 tickets available for the 8 o'clock show. So screw the midnight show, screw the 10 o'clock show. Uh, we have tickets available for the 8 o'clock show in Strongsville, Ohio. There's 30 tickets left. You just have to go to Ground Zero Comics at 13349 Pearl in Strongsville, Ohio. It's 10 bucks a pop. And you'll see the show well before anybody else does and dodge all the spoilerific assholes on Twitter, etc. Is that uh, 8 o'clock tonight? 8 o'clock this evening. They're, uh, they're going fast, but we still have about 30 as of 2 o'clock. Do you want me to give you one spoiler? No. No, nope, I'm spoiler-free. I pretty much know what you're talking about. Uh, but we, like you said, it's probably better to talk about it on Monday. Iron Man dies. But then he's not Iron Man. Then it's just Man Man. Yeah. Why don't you say spoil it before you said Iron Man dies? Oh, man. Well, geez. All right, I want you to call me back on Monday so we can talk about it. And people in Ohio, if you want to make it at 8 o'clock tonight, you think there's going to be a gigantic sold-out weekend for Iron Man, or is this stuff finally coming I, down a little bit? I think everybody's, just the reaction, Downey Jr. and everybody's been getting on their press tours. It's just been crazy. And just look at the worldwide ticket sales for this thing. I mean, it's just, you know, who thought it could... Who thought Avengers was going to be beaten so quickly, you know, so so easily and so early? I did, because these people keep showing up. But <laughs> The weird thing is, Iron Man is really kind of a dick. Yeah, well, and he's always still like been, him. Uh, you know, they, they really played up the idea of the, the Playboy hero with him. And, you know, they. I, I'm kind of glad that they never really went down the road of the demon in the bottle alcoholism, because everybody... Kind of thought that was an easy that that was a low hanging fruit with uh, with Robert Downey Jr. playing the role. Like, yeah. made us all go. You know, it made us all go kind of like, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. He's the addict, but 
you know, it, it, I'm, I'm kind of glad it just kind of lightly. Well, this it. is the other thing I think I will give away. If anyone doesn't want to hear even the slightest spoiler alert, but he I, he does kind of react to some of the stuff that happens with the Avengers. Mm. Like oh, he's yeah. trying to I still mean, figure yeah, that I mean, out. Wow. Well, it's got to mess with your mind a little bit, you know. Yeah. And I kind of think it's, they're approaching that that it is, you know, he's romping around Manhattan with an eight foot green giant killing space aliens. If that doesn't mess with your brain just a touch, you know, then then you're not you're not real. And of course, I know they're not. And he's not. Yes. Yeah. Tony yeah, Stark's the realist. Yes. Yeah, All right, uh, Andy. Good luck moving your tickets. Yep, we will talk to you soon. See ya. Peace. Iron Man actually has destroyed Batman. Like, Batman is, is, is garbage compared to Iron Man. Like, Iron Man, like Tony Stark, as compared to Batman and Bruce Wayne, no one wants to be Bruce Wayne. Everyone wants to be Tony Stark. Iron Man is definitely more cool than... And it's all based on fucking Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he's the man. And the fact that unlike Batman, he can do his own shit. He doesn't have other somebody else making it. Like he makes being an engineer and designing stuff look cool. Or is Batman? He's like a three D printer. Oh, I love those. I didn't know. Yeah, three D printing. It's the future, man. It's the future of manufacturing everything in our world. For real. And where the bat suit is like a uniform and kind of weird. It's the Iron Man suit is, hey, this is to protect me and to be able to do stuff. It gives him power. Like, he's able to do all these things because of the suit. Whereas the Batman thing, he could do that without the suit. So it's, Iron Man has left Batman in the, in the dust, right? Destroyed it. Destroyed it. What about Spider-Man? Um, no, uh, the Spider-Man's crap. It's crap. With this new kid, the kid from um, Social Network? Yeah. Whatever. That thing, what that about Spider-Man versus Batman? Batman, actually. Because of the reboot, I think the reboot okay. is... So you got Iron Man, then Batman, yeah. as your one and two. Yeah. Where do you put Superman? Superman, he's he's in the basement. He could be... He's below the Hulk. He's below X-Men. He's below all the, any of the Marvel properties that become films. He's below all of them. Hmm. Superman, Superman's in the garbage dump. And this new movie, people are going to be... Uh, I don't see... Look, look, My prediction is they're going to line up in droves for it. I don't know, man. I, I think maybe, I think big opening weekend and then even like, just like an unprecedented drop-off. I know I have no plans to go see Superman. No. And I uh, did kind of want to see Iron Man. Iron Man's number one. I, it's My problem is, in the way I'm different than you, I like Tony Stark a lot better than Iron Man. Iron Man bores me with his flying around and just crashing. Cra yeah. Yeah. After a couple minutes of that, you're just so fucking bored. But he's, you know, it's saving. like watching a video, like someone else's video game. He's saving people. He's talking to his uh, suit, Jar Jarvis, whatever his name is. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, get back to your fucking thing and start being cool again. I don't know. It's crazy. Why didn't you go with me that night? I should have. I screwed up. Well, there was a problem with the plus ones, and then, yeah, and it was like, yes, you have it, no, you don't. Yes, you have it, no, you My don't. My seats suck too. Well, I hate when I have to go to fucking Times Square, and it's always the same person. Yeah. Why does Series Six time just get a screening room and then just have people come to it? That well, you don't broken. need you don't need one because we have so many 
in this neighborhood. I mean, I'm never more than a couple blocks away from a great screening room. So a screening room is great. It's only occasionally... As a matter of fact, there's a screening room over where MTV used to be that is as big as any theater. It's that huge? It's a screening room? Yeah. Damn. Superman's also way below Wolverine just by himself, not even with the other X-Men. John, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Iron Man, is he really dying that? Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. Why would you why would you say that? I want to spare people that fucking have to say it. Oh, it's like that's a big movie coming out. You're gonna you're gonna I know, but I I definitely wish somebody would have told me so I wouldn't have been crying the whole time he was dead. Right. I'll I'll give you this hint. Yeah. He's not the first person in his family who dies. Why someone dies before him that he has to see die? You're giving away major plot points. Does John Don Cheadle survive? Spoiler alert. Yeah, Don Cheadle's barely in it. Um, the whole War Machine Patriot thing. They do yeah. jokes at his expense for his stupid name. <laughs> Oh, and this will piss off Fez that there is a small walk-on by a gay character that elicits great laughs that a gay man is attracted to him. And that it just gets those kind of laughs. Like, the joke is a gay man thinks, like, you're terrific. And everyone starts to laugh like it's 1962. How ridiculous! How ridiculous the situation is this? I'll say the Kick-Ass franchise is better than Superman. Oh, now you're living in a fucking dream world. Nah, man. After that last Superman, everyone's forgotten about it. This Kick-Ass two, it's gonna be huge. I think Superman's gonna be gigantic. Doug, you're on the Run of Face show. Oh, come on, Superman, Kevin Costner, Russell Crowe. Oh, my God. The reboot looks awesome. Kevin Costner and Russell Crowe are barely going to be in the movie. How can a grown man say the reboot looks awesome and feel okay oh, about it? Are you fucking kidding me? Come on. <laughs> Seriously, that What's is... What's language? The best part looks looks when, when Superman's a crab fisherman. That's the way. I just want to see him on Delia's Catch. All right, get into your five. Okay. It's the five on This is the five on All right, what's this all about, Chris? This is the five most fantastic Kentucky Derby finishes in the history of the Kentucky Derby. Now... Is it normally a close race, or does somebody run away with it? Um, well, actually, going wire to wire doesn't happen very often, and that's and that's one of the, that's one of the horses on here because because the field is so huge. This year it's twenty horses, and it's just it's a cluster of horses just going at it, and they, and they and no one. That's why even the favorites aren't really the favorites because anything can happen once that gate goes off. 
Are you more likely, is this more exciting, this kind of a race, or do you like when someone comes out there and you know? Like, you we're pretty sure this year we won't have a triple crown winner, right? There's no horse that looks like a super horse. Uh, there's no horse that looks like super horses. There's two favorites. There's this favorite orb. And uh, I think there's one called Verrazano. Those are the favorites. But there's no. But even though last year that horse didn't look, I'll have another. Did no one saw that coming? And it's and I'll have another's uh, finish in the Preakness was one of the craziest things to watch that you'll ever see. That this horse comes back and wins, and everyone thinks, okay, this horse is got it. It's going to triple crown, and then gets scratched morning of or whatever. It might have been late night night before. So anything, literally anything, can happen, and anything. Any one of these horses, even these these ones that are long shots, can come and make some moves and become a contender. Because these three races happen so quickly, two weeks apart from each other, and they're so long that these none of these horses are conditioned to really do it, so, so you don't know what can happen. And there's a girl jockey this year that everybody thinks could win. Yeah, there's, there's a chick in it that uh, people are pretty excited about. Um, so one one of the one of them from two thousand nine, mind that bird. That's on my five. Boyd, mind that Boyd. Good. <laughs> that uh, that was a fifty to one shot. The second biggest long shot to ever win the Kentucky Derby. That came out of nowhere, and in the video that you, in the video that's on the uh, five, you could actually see the move. That Calvin Bor- Borrell, that's the uh, the jockey. You can see what he makes. You can see him make the move, and it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. It could get, it's donk. Now the weird thing is the excitement level of when they turn and come into the stretch like this. It's like a drug. There's very few things in life that do that because all of a sudden it looks like a like a crowd as they go into that turn. And then the explosion of just a couple horses. Yeah. That look at that horse. Mind that bird, fifty to one shot wins the Kentucky Derby because it's just one move of the jockey. No, I had a million dollars down on that horse. <laughs> what? I just couldn't find my ticket. You lost a million dollar ticket. Why wouldn't you hold on to that? I mean, now if you think about it, it's a fifty million dollar ticket. I feel sick. I don't feel good that you lost that ticket. I mean, <sighs> all right, that's uh, that's your number one favorite finish. That's that's one of the five. No particular order. That's just these five. So this is going from best to worst. <laughs> <laughs> Next, uh, obviously, Secretariat needs to be on this list. Secrecy. What people might not realize is Secretariat lost the Wood Stakes three weeks before that to uh, the horse that was second. In the running of uh, of the Kentucky Derby in '73, Sham. So Secretary and Sham had a rival rivalry going on, and even Jimmy the Greek was talking smack about Secretary weeks before this too. Jimmy that, the Greek's an idiot. <laughs> saying that it was, wasn't even going to run at a bum knee that was being iced down, no chance. But Secretariat took it home, and it crushed, and then it crushed in the Preakness, and then it had the ridiculous. 20-length win in uh, Belmont Stakes. And went on to become, what some people believe, the greatest horse of all time. Uh, yeah, it was. Because it, it, it won the it won the Belmont Stakes, and they were going, going by the speed figures. The horse was actually going faster. It was going fat. It was speeding up as it was winning the race, as it was destroying the rest of the field. It was speeding up. Like, you know, there was the odds on it were like, you know, negative 10. It was the, you weren't winning any money on it, but 
you were going to bet on just to have the tickets. Just stuff. to watch it, yeah. Yeah, just to have to see this thing happen. The greatest talks to ever live, without a doubt, Secretariat. Probably because it was a freak show and it had an enlarged heart. It always makes me think that if a human being with an enlarged heart, they're always like sickly instead of extra good. The greatest ever. I'm always looking for an X-Men. We'll find one. Don't worry. I thought it was going to be Matty Ice. Hey, Matty, what happened with the fucking Knicks last night, which you guaranteed us? Send him in so I can scream while you're doing this. Matty Ice, please come in. Tell me the next one. All right, this is an interesting one. This is uh, Charismatic. Charismatic won the Derby in 99, and it's his uh, the jockey for Charismatic, Chris Antley, actually had a 30 for 30 on him. It was a pretty good 30-30 because this guy was a prolific jockey. He was really good. Then got into drugs and alcohol and really fell apart. Won the Derby in 91 and then came back to win. They, he was given another chance because he cleaned up. Came back, won with Charismatic. Charismatic wins the Preakness, goes to the Belmont Stakes, breaks its leg in the stretch. This <laughs> is... And then in the 30 for 30, and if you watched it on TV live in 99, you see him. He's like crying, holding this horse's leg. And then, you know, they say he saved the horse's life because the horse went on to live. And then, you know. He Without ends- a leg, then they cut the leg off. Uh, the, the leg was okay. What about bionic legs? <laughs> no, you can't give a horse a bionic leg. All right, I don't want to interrupt you, but yeah. Matt. Nicks. They took the their foot off the pedal in the last two games. JR. <laughs> JR slow down. Oh for ten. First ten shots. That's that's what JR Smith is though. He's gonna shoot until him and Mabel the same thing, they're gonna shoot until they get hot. And he gets cold a lot. Well they're fucking cold right now. They're as cold as ice. The Matty Ice cold. But no one's ever come back from three games down in basketball. If anyone looks like he'd do it right now, it's because these fucking Knicks are just crumbling. When's the next game? Uh, tomorrow? Tomorrow night. Is tonight the heat? Uh, tonight's Bulls, Nets, and, um... Who's going to win that game? That's seven, right? That's, that's game seven? This is game six. So Nets have to win two in a row? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it's Nuggets-Warriors tonight, right? Yeah. And Golden State's up three games to two. All right. Curry's going to put the dagger in the heart of the Denver Nuggets. Seems that way. Why is Bob out of his mind, Curry? Yeah. Here's Nick in Kentucky. I'm like J.R. Smith. Hey, boys, how are you? Uh, what's happening? Nothing. Uh, yeah, I'm a trainer down here in Kentucky. You're talking about the, uh, my favorite finish I wasn't alive for, but it was 1933. And the two leading jockeys were punching each other in the face all the way down to the wire. It's called the fighting finish. It's a pretty famous picture. Yeah, I remember that. You were there? No, I wasn't there, but I remember what happened. Oh, nice. Well, thanks, boys. Keep up the good work. Horse racing's great. I mean, it's degenerated into like you know, not too many people are into it. If, if you're not watching the Derby or you know, the big three races, or even the Breeders' Cup to some extent, but the people around it have always been nuts. Like um, the guy who sold Vitamin Water had just started buying racehorses, and like last year, he was a big deal. He had he had some. Uh, he did somewhat well. And just the, the trainers and the owners are always just weird characters and shady individuals as well. The guy who um who trained I'll have another, he trained uh he's trained Golden Sense. And he just came off a suspension for drugging horses. 
Uh, Richard sent this in. T- please tell Pepper, Zebra Ass Eater, Hicks, that Superman is part of the DC comic universe and not Marvel universe. Hey, moron. Why don't you listen to what I'm saying? I'm saying the overall list of comic book movies, Spider- Spider-Man, Superman is in the gutter. So maybe if you started listening and not just shooting off emails like some jerk. <laughs> it just doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right at all because I really want to say some other things and call them other names. But you made a mistake and he caught you and no, I'm done. That guy made a mistake by shooting off an email. Like a just, just willy-nilly <laughs> shooting off emails. <laughs> you, you should think. Maybe listen back. Listen to the replay and see what I said. I'm not saying they're all in the same universe. I'm not saying. I, I would say your anger is about a four right now. It's really. Is it held inside you, or maybe you you're not even that angry? No, there's powers in words, and I'd yeah. like to use some for this guy, but I can't because he I, caught you making a mistake and he corrected ca- it. He didn't catch anything. You know why? Because that guy's in some other la di da. Fantasy world, listen to a different show, not understanding <laughs> what I'm saying. Oh. What's your next one? Also, the guy who wrote Charismatic, he died. Drug overdose. Oh my god. Yeah. That's the 30 for 30. Check it out. This is, your, for- this is your favorite finishes? The guy dies of a drug overdose? <laughs> well, no, this was afterwards, but it was, a, it was a redemption tale until he gets high again. It was sad. I love to get high. Don't. Don't. I'm just saying I love it. You shouldn't. It's it's not it's not good. It isn't? It no. feels so good. No. It, it it you know, you think it feels good at the time, but it doesn't. No, I know it feels good at the time. <laughs> Might be bad on, but it, it it feels good at the time. Oh, def definitely. Uh I like uh Mon- Mon- Monarchos in two thousand one because this was the second fastest finish in the history of the Kentucky Derby. It's him. And it's Secretariat. That's it. And it was uh, it was yeah. it was a great race to watch down the stretch. We're chillers with this. What? Hmm? Huh? What'd you say? Come on, we're getting ready for the Kentucky Derby. It's gonna be great. You're gonna love it. Yeah, I watch it. It's the greatest three minutes in the world. Hell yeah. I don't sit there and watch it all day. I put it on for the three minutes. Oh, I watched like a weirdo. I watched the races beforehand. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bet on them or? Um, sometimes. I know. Um. When mine that bird one, I was at uh, Belmont, and then once the Belmont races end, they just put all the uh, Kentucky Derby races up on the big screen, and you can start gambling on them. It's great. That's Monarcos. Great horse. Check him out. All right, that was a five with Chris Stanley. One more. Oh, God, <laughs> Jesus really? Christ. It feels it's, more like the nine and a half. It's five. It's just five. It's the five. It's the five. All round and fizz. Winning colors uh, in 1988 wins wire to wire. This almost never happens, and it's it's a feat yeah. to watch. It's it's crazy to, to see a horse win wire to wire. Yeah, I love to see something happen where nothing changes the entire race. <laughs> That's exciting. It is exciting. If you're a fan of horse racing, it is exciting. These horses just aren't conditioned to, to win. These three, ra- these three long races. Lady Trucker has a question for you. Oh, I can't wait. Yes, Chris, have, do you have your hat kicked out yet for the Kentucky Derby? Ah! <laughs> go to hell. You go, hey. to, you go to trucker hell. Language, Chris, language. My language is fine. I'm running by oh, the FCC now. 
You're a sweet, sweet boy who just... How about you run another contest and be the best truck driver wherever the hell state you're driving through? Get what kind of flowers are you going to put on your hat, Chris? I don't wear hats. Um, here's uh, John. John, you're on the Running Fez show. Hey, Chris. Great what? job on your self-restraint, oh. buddy. Thank you. I was just wondering if uh, any of these horses were your half-brother. Oh, I get it, because, you know, the centaur <laughs> thing, yeah. Sure. Sure, dude. They're all my half-brother. You really are a centaur? No, that was sarcasm. I can't tell what sarcasm is. Really? Mm. I guess because I'm so stupid. <laughs> See, that was sarcasm. Mm -mm. Don't say that. No, because he looks like he's ready when I look at him. Before that, he doesn't do anything. Yeah. But it's very gotten. It's gotten even odder today. <laughs> As the week's gone on, things have gotten weirder and weirder. Yeah. What's weird is like. Here's Matty just starting this business. He's going to think that this is normal. <laughs> and he's going to go to other places. And be like, which one of you is the raising hand announcer? <laughs> Promise you'll say that? Promise. Oh, good. Uh, Craig, you're on the run of Fetish Show. Hey, what's going on, Ronnie? I sure wish Chris would just quit shitting all over every fucking thing you say. And after listening to yesterday's show, I talked to his chick, and she said he ain't the best fuck she's had this week. All right. So don't worry about it. Really? I, I would love to curse and just sure, put you down like the scumbag that you are, but I'm not. He's because right about one thing. You don't know a damn thing you're you talking about. You pick apart everything that I say on the show these days. It's because I don't watch... These are, these are ideas, no offense, that can land you in jail. I I I don't want I don't want to see that. That's uh, I don't want to hear your stupid five. <laughs> well, I know I said it already. So there, it's out there. It's on the eye bang. I talked about it. Named all five. There's, there's Named YouTube all videos. five. It's Saturday, baby. The Ducky Derby. John in Miami. You're on the Running Fed show. Hey, Ronnie. When you do an in-depth interview of Chris, will it be an unbridled? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I hear things are crazy in Miami with these storms, huh? No, I mean, it's it's here in, the, in like, certain areas it's rained worse than others. So. Mm -hmm. But, no, it's no big deal. All right. Um, let me see what some of the people are writing. Uh, here's one person who wrote, known the five, why does Hicks get to put his family history on here? <laughs> Go to hell. Screw off. The only reason that people are interested in horse racing is because of the gambling. Take the gambling out. Nobody is watching. Same was true of boxing and <laughs> professional football. I think professional football without the gambling. I'll tell you something else. March Madness only got big because uh, the fact that everybody started betting on it. And now all of a sudden... You got women at work. What are your brackets? And you're like, oh, okay. Because you've been following Marquette all season, and now you want to make sure. Florida Gulf Coast looks great. What? How did you even know that? My bracket is dead. <laughs> well, why What? you know nothing about this topic at all? It'd be like somebody's like like Hicks sitting here and started saying like what farm was going to sell their fruit for the most money. <laughs> 
He would have no interest unless you said, oh, by the way, if you do this, put up five and win 100. He'd do it in a heartbeat. Oh, hell yeah. That being said, I like to keep an eye on the produce markets. Chickpeas are going for a good amount of money. I'm not even lying. Uh, Derek, you're on the Run Fest show. Derek, Louisiana. Yeah, how you doing, boys? Uh, Pepper, is it? Tell the truth. You get turned on by horsecock. That's why you watch those uh, races, right? You get turned on by that. I can't say the word. Bill in Boston, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, Ron, I was wondering if we can add this to the fives, the five of the most boring fives. You're the most boring five. <laughs> I'm sorry that you, you, you only like football, like a jerk, like some boring person. By the way, <laughs> damn the, it! The five most boring fives is a really great idea. <laughs> Number one on the five most boring fives. Fantastic Kentucky Derby <laughs> finishes. It's all subjective. Yeah. Next on the five, yeah. game show host. <laughs> the five kills me. Uh, Nikki Jr., you're on the run of Fed show. What's going on? Hey, Mr. B, I got a question for you. Yeah. How quickly do you think Peppa and Eastside Dave are going to turn the Kentucky Derby talk into horseshoes and bestiality jokes? See ya. <laughs> Little Dickie knows what he's doing. Dogs is. Little Dickie's great. And there won't be any talk of body of bodily fluids. Were you with Davey Mac last night? Uh, no. Uh, the engineer at Skate Man Studios just had a child. So we were off last night. Oh. But you, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be live this Saturday at 7 p.m. What's happening during that game? I, I like it when there's a sporting event going on during your show. Let's see. Saturday? It might be Golden State again playing. Jesus unless Christ, they, you like the Golden State boys. Yeah, they, 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 oh, yeah, unless they win tonight. Game 7 will be Saturday. Yeah. Are you picking a loss? Is that it? Mm -hmm. want to thank special guest yep. Craig Robinson for stopping by today. His new film, Peoples, comes out in theaters a week from this Friday, co-starring David Allen Greer and Melvin Van Peebles. And if you'd like to hear Ron's interview on Unmasked with Craig Robinson, that's available on Sirius XM On Demand right now. I don't know. Which one, what uh, Unmasked are on demand right now? All of them? He Currently on demand on SiriusXM, <laughs> Amy Schumer, Brad Garrett, Robert Wall, Roseanne, Rachel Dratch, Russell Peters, Tracy Ullman, Fred Armisen, Cedric the Entertainer, David Cross, Billy Connolly, Otto from Otto and George, John Houseman, Hodgman, Houseman. and, Houseman. and, and uh, Chris Tucker. Hello, this is John Houseman. You've earned it. That would have been my greatest MS ever. Mr. Bennington, you saw Paper Chase? Uh, 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 Chris, Missouri, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hiya, buddy. BAC 1302. Yeah, what's happening, buddy? I like, I like this, uh, call Pepper Hicks Equiline. Lying hipster douchebag. Go fuck yourself. Keep him up. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't even keep it together. <laughs> Come on. How can they be that pissed over a five? 
Uh, let's see. Ancestry.com's ad for the Stanley family. Good quality home videos, Pepper. Ha, ha, ha. Chris can go blow a centaur. No, thank you. They don't even exist. If Saratoga, Saratoga cunt predicts revolutionary to win, I'll end it all. I can't wait to see what he has to say about this. I mean, it's a, it's a lock. Well, you just have him on your Saturday show. I think uh, we're on after the... Yeah, the Derby's like around 6. We're on 7. I thought the Derby came out Sunday. Derby Saturday, Saturday thing? Saturday. Saturday. I wonder why. It seems like everything would be on a Sunday. You know what I mean? Super Bowl, Daytona... What did we ever do as a big Saturday event? That's those weirdos in Horton, Kentucky. They're all pissed drunk. Well, everyone's drunk at every event. <laughs> Except this time, they'll be forced to buy them at the event, and not bring, they won't be able to bring in coolers. I'm bringing a fucking cooler in. And then that's your problem, man, because they're going to screw with you. Good. They're going to mess with you. Well, good. Try taking it off me when I'm fucking loaded for bear. <laughs> all right. You don't want to get into a shootout with the cops at the Kentucky Derby. Don't I? No, you don't. Maybe they don't want to get in a shootout with Ronnie B. <laughs> There's more cops than you. They have more cops. You better look out for me, dogs. Eh? <laughs> I actually don't think I could die from a bullet. I feel like I would just fight it off no matter what. It depends on where you get shot, honestly. They shoot you in the head. Not gonna look. You can't fight that off. What's the one thing that you feel like you could fight off the best? Don't think I could die from poisoning. I don't think I could be burned alive. <laughs> what? I, I, That's a really <laughs> bold statement. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I might exist, you know, forevermore as a burned victim, but I feel like I, I could... Presence of mind... wrong. <laughs> Puss pops out of my face. What did I tell you? I tell you, I can never be prison up. I'm just saying. I that. hope I can be shot, though, because I'm shot. <laughs> just even saying burn like that, I just, yeah. oh, God, it just freaks me. Burn victims are the. Stop. Alright, I won't, I won't, I won't Google that. Uh, Steve in Salt Lake. Speaking of Saturdays. Jim Norton is coming to Wise Guys Comedy Club in Salt Lake City, Utah. All right, now all the listeners are doing their own <laughs> plug voice. <laughs> did you see when I was even trying to talk to Fez for a second, he did plug voice back at me? Yeah. What's that? I'm like, is oh, I didn't know that that was still up. What is up on demand? Currently available <laughs> on demand. All brought to you by the good people at Smodcast. I'm just doing it as a joke because he said Smodcast right <laughs> in this show. And when it turned out not to be true, it was like him being shot in the kidneys. I'm staying in character. Method. Do you think he's trying to hurt the people who tried to hurt him by doing this? I feel like you are with the non-cussing, too. I, well, I'm sorry that these people can't deal with it, all right? Well, I'm sorry that I'm Mr. Consistent. 
Did I come in here as the same person no matter what? I make a life change and everyone else's lives are just totally out of order? That's true. Oh, come on. Though, you, that, have a, you have the right to make the change. That's the problem with them. That's, that's an indictment on the way they live their lives. They're treating this like it's a you problem when really it's a me problem. Could have said it better myself. With or without cursing. Saratoga Chick wrote to you and said, The listeners don't f- know fuck, Chris. I'm fucking excited. Kentucky Derby winner tomorrow. Me and Chick, arm in arm. Couple gay guys together. <laughs> no, we're straight. <laughs> but if, let's say that he could pick the next ten races, would you put his balls in your mouth? <laughs> I just put it in my mouth, and then I, I just open my mouth, put the balls in. And, and leave them. <laughs> of course. Well, For five minutes, like a... Sure. Yeah. All right. Ten winners. I'm, I'm going to let that roll. How about would you put his balls in your mouth and then sing "Hey Jude" if you could get two winners from him? Two winners. Hey Jude. Line it up. Why is any kind of gay sex either <laughs> disgusting or funny to humans? Because maybe because it's unnatural in such a ridiculous situation. Yeah. That you know, it's this could never possibly happen in real life. All right, anything you want to plug, Chris? There's yeah. unmasked uh, announcement coming up on Monday. Oh, stop with that. That's Monday's announcement. There's going to be an announcement on Monday. <laughs> Stay tuned. That shouldn't be an announcement. <laughs> All right, see you guys tomorrow. Check out my hey, five. That's the end of my show. <laughs> no, check out my five. <laughs> It's delicious Sherry's Berries just in time for Mother's Day. Here is the deal, and it's for today only. You have today to get in on this one. It's a special one-day offer from Sherry's Berries and Berries.com. You can send your mother a beautiful bouquet of flowers, and on the very next day, have the great Sherry's Berries freshly dipped strawberries delivered for just $39.99. That's flowers and chocolate dipped strawberries for just $39.99. Here's how you get in on this deal, but do it today. It's at 866-FRUIT-02. 866-FRUIT-02 is the phone number, or go to berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone icon in the upper right-hand corner. You're going to need a secret code word. That word is Fez. Type in Fez, and you'll get the flowers and the chocolate-dipped strawberries for just $39.99 today only at berries.com. Click on the microphone. Type in Fez. This offer is good for today's uh, for today only. Order right now from berries.com.